That's down low. Put some music on it. How I imagine last night went. Are you recording? Yeah. Welcome back. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Setting up a little bit, but I thought I'd just let it roll. Because <clears throat> last night we kind of had a conversation, and we should have been recording, but um, we weren't, unfortunately. Very should have been. That will be on another cast, though. Yes. Because it will be a reminiscing sesh. What am I missing? And, um... We have a little bit of a topic today. Um, I guess relationships, maybe. Mm, Modern dating. That might be a good title. Um, I didn't put enough thought to it today as I wish I could have, to be honest. Um, Just to get into it. I put quite a bit of thought into it today because I was done with class at like 12. So I had a lot of time. I had a 10-hour shift. More 11-hour shift. So, it's been a long day, but I wow. have research articles. <laughs> I didn't research. Well, I kind of did some research. I have three others, like but I didn't read them, so I don't want to be spouting off at the lid. Can I read the title? Sure. In the abstract, so I know what's going on. Um, while Jesse's reading that, I'm just going to say, oh, there was a preface I wanted to have, and it was that this is not anything close to a definitive statement on how dating or relationships should be. Um, This is just really two guys trying to figure it out. I can definitely speak for myself where I'm just very curious and want to figure out what's actually going on with these things. And I think Jesse is too. And we just kind of want to hash these things out, mull over some ideas. Hopefully some people will engage with this. And maybe provide some feedback on some things we missed. Obviously, there's a big blind spot of not having anybody that is female talking or anybody that is, I guess, identifies it as anything else from those experiences. So that is missing, but this is what we got right now. I'll note I have nothing against having <coughs> other people on in the future that think differently. That, uh, I think with things that are going topical right now, I want to approach one of those protesters outside the abortion clinic on Shields and ask if one wants to come on and just speak their point of view. That'd be kind of fun, right? And then maybe have a, what, they're pro-lifers, so a pro-choicer come on, you know? That's my thought for the next week or two, trying to have somebody on with that. I think that'd be cool. That would be cool. Um, But yeah, again... I'm most likely going to be wrong most of the time, especially when I'm just trying to figure things out. So a lot of the statements, at least for me, I'm going to be making are not definitive and not necessarily representatory of what I believe. It's just what the ideas I got floating around right now. And I would just love more ideas and hashing these things out is the best way we can get to a better consensus. Um, Hopefully we come away from this conversation a little bit smarter, a little bit more enlightened. And, yeah. I don't know if you have anything you want to just, like, prep with, Jess. I don't know. Kind of just a big ditto on that. Like, nothing from me is going to be, like, super definitive. It's just kind of, like, big thoughts. We're just trying to figure this out, you know? I was going to say. Think about it. um, I'm going to give some insight on kind of myself 
in going through relationships and then maybe um, a bit on fraternity I was going to say some of my friends because I am in a fraternity so I was just going to give some of like the fraternity life um, kind of I don't know mindset maybe of how like different people in a fraternity like actually go about relationships being in a relationship or trying to find a relationship or anything like that so mm-hmm. yeah yeah I think. I think that's a good starter yeah. um I don't really have topics, but I think once we bring up an idea, it'll be easy just to transition between them. So if you have anything you want to... I, I guess I have an idea. I didn't really have... That's like been floating in my brain. I just kind of had, like, different talking points on some <coughs> things, but I didn't really have, like, really starters, I guess. Yeah. Um, for me, I've had many thoughts. I'm, I have a lot of ideas, as you know me. Um, one I want to talk about is... Um, how I had this thought the other night because I've been seeing this girl and I was thinking as we're just um, I had my arm around her and we're just chilling talking about her day and I was like this is kind of different than what it would have been historically in the sense that like especially if you go hundreds of years ago it was more typical for like the guy to go out woman to stay home especially if it was like a married couple guy to do his career thingy come back and woman would maintain house whether you like it or not that was mostly the majority of most lives you know i'm not saying that was a good situation that's just kind of the majority of situations um and i think that's one thing that's different now that we i don't think it's a bad thing but it's just different from the past so we have to adjust in our present now where now it's a little different where especially in a married relationship of just normal modern people that are zero to moderately religious you know i was talking to sydney the other day about like christian ideals so they're a little bit different and i can kind of add some context in that which for this which will be fun later on but um in general like the two people most likely have their careers it'll be a little bit different when they have kids most likely in most cases or the majority of cases the woman will stay home when they have a kid just that's still some of that trickle down from Mm -hmm. traditional roles and stuff like Mm -hmm. that but um couples that cohabitate together that aren't married and then that are married and are living together will probably both have some sort of career where so they you know it looks different for every situation but nine to five you know and then they'll come back at the end of the day they might have some recreational activity eat dinner and go to bed and kind of that's their main week other than the weekend you know so it's a little bit different in the sense what i'm trying to get at i guess is um both sexes now kind of have a story in a sense you know because it's more thrilling and i could probably do better to look at historical accounts exactly but my idea and this could be wrong is that it's probably more thrilling for the guy that went out and this is primal stuff but like went out and killed the caribou than the woman that stayed home, maybe breastfed and collected berries and kind of maintained camp, you know, and did the gathering. So I would think that animal story is a little bit better, you know, Mm -hmm. if not to put value on it, but maybe a little more interesting or whatever. So the guy would have usually more of a story. And I know that's primitive, but then you can even just take that to maybe 100 or 200 years ago when businessman would get in business suit, kiss wife on the cheek with his lunch and go do business deals and try to work his way up the corporate hierarchy to be CEO, that whole model. And then wife would stay home, bake, clean, go to her book club, 
and I could be mischaracterizing this, but this is how I see it mm-hmm. at least, you know, and then come back and she would have maybe like a, like a, let's say relatively 10 minute story, but he would, might have an hour long story. Mm-hmm. Like the proportion would probably be a little bit greater just of what he experienced. Yeah. And now with the liberation of women, both people have a lot better opportunity to go out, do their story and come back. That's the thought I was trying to connect. And that's one thing I was trying to think about today in between work stuff was I think that's one thing of many things that is different, you know, but I think that kind of connects to many different things where now both sexes get to kind of make their own story Mm -hmm. in a sense, you know. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. Um, Just kind of on the point of women now um, being able to, uh, like, it's more of the norm for women to like actually go out now and like kind of create their own story um, which I really enjoy that because I feel like that coming together with um, a guy who's also doing the same thing um, could bring in like more I wouldn't say values but maybe more insight or more story possibly opportunity experience yes experience um, into a possible relationship that could happen um because like you said maybe um the man was going out doing his business job blah 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 whatever and then the woman staying home usually taking care of the kid or whatever um but before this maybe um the woman wouldn't have as many opportunities as the man as of like going out and doing things so just bringing that together as of now um both sexes are actually going out and having their own stories to tell and then getting all these different experiences. Mm-hmm. So. <coughs> and I guess this connects to another idea I had where, not I didn't have, but I heard somebody talk about where it's like, and these are generalizations, obviously, that I'm making, but um, you kind of have like two different um, relationships that can kind of get played, That two tendencies that tend to happen either at, at, at this point because now both people can have a career and so then you either have two people that are in very similar careers and so they do a lot of their day-to-day together mm-hmm. or in similar locations and then um, they're doing everything together or you have like a quarterback cheerleader model where it's it, that gets closer to like the traditional model where a guy is either going out and doing all the work or even now at this point the woman is going out doing work and the guy stays home as a stay-at-home dad or Mm -hmm. um at at the house um or even like two people in different careers very separate and then they're kind of like the man might be an engineer and the woman might be a nurse and so the careers are pretty different in like what they specialize in but then they have to come back and the problem the problem that can occur is that the two the couple that's like doing everything together it it's like one idea is like two a a couple that's in like a business partnership so they're more entrepreneurial do all their work together or a couple that does a a lot of things together they have a problem because they have too much um, familiarity Mm -hmm. they're seeing each other too much and you almost just kind of be the same with the other person that takes out a lot of the um I don't, I don't know, like a lot of the, I guess, fantasy, you know, it, it's more reality where you see the person every day. Mm-hmm. And so you don't have that space where, what is it? 
space makes the heart grow fonder or something like that. It's mm -hmm. a saying. So you don't have that. So they have a problem of being too close and the other, other couple, because they're in their own careers or separate for most of the time, they have a problem of not enough familiarity. So that's where one thing where this, I think dynamic bleeds into like where some relational problems could come into of either too much familiarity or not enough. And there's like a perfect balance of like, and this is all under different, other scripts already like similar values and stuff like that but like maybe you take a couple business meetings without her and she does her own business meetings just to kind of separate and then you can still come back and talk to each other because communication is still necessary but mm -hmm. then at the same time and then uh, if you're in the same boat kind of couple you can kind of cover more ground that way as well so there's a that works as well um but that was something i heard in the last month or two that i thought was pretty I guess helpful to think mm -hmm. about of like because you think you want to see the person every day and then you see them every day and then you get habituated to them like we do with anything we see too often and then they get almost boring or neutral mm -hmm. and so then having a little bit of that space kind of spices it up still and um, keeps people apart in a good way you know where mm -hmm. um you know, while you're in that meeting and doing your thing, you can kind of like think about them and fantasize a little bit about them being separated because they're not there with you. So you can let your imagination kind of take over, mm -hmm. which is, I think, necessary, you know, and that kind of has that nice fantasy magic spark element to a relationship, you know? Yeah, because if you're together like 24-7, like being that if you're at your job, like together... And then you're going home together, you're shopping together, you're pretty much doing everything together. Things might just get, like, sedentary, and then um, it's the same thing over and over and over. So there's no, like, mystery or fantasy, as you would say, or, like, surprises that are coming in the relationship anymore. It's just the same thing over and over, and it could probably get pretty boring. So definitely having space from each other is a great thing to have. Um, I mean... I feel like it depends on different people of how much space that you actually want. But, I mean, you need some space regardless because if you're seeing a person 24-7, you're probably going to be like, okay, we need to switch things up or, like, we need to change things of being, like, because I'm seeing you every minute of every day. I mean, some people could do that. Like, I mean, I'm not going to say that that's a bad thing by any means because if that's what you want, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not going to tell you no. But I feel like just adding in that, general yeah and adding in that element yeah. of like people need their own space sometimes and i feel like that can definitely help the relationship like morph into something more because you're gonna have that fantasy type aspect that you brought in if you're having alone like time apart from each other so mm -hmm. yeah yeah so that was the idea i've had lately i did like through bounce some of this off a co-worker thankfully so it was worked out a bit more um, so I could articulate it a mm -hmm. little bit better to you right now because I was kind of stumbling over my words earlier. That's kind of what it takes to formulate some of these ideas that are, I don't know, coming from almost out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. <laughs> some of these ideas come from and you have to build them up. And um, so, yeah, that was the idea. It's it's different. I'm not saying it's bad, like no judgment um, at all. Do you have any thing you want to add or a different topic you want to bounce to? Or I can bounce to something else. If um, you want. 
I mean, I feel like if we're just going to start off with relationships and stuff, I mean, I think a big talking point that I wanted to bring up was um, just, like, the starting and the basis of getting into a relationship with somebody. Okay. Um, I think one of my main talking points was, like, just how, like, um, because we were talking about it last night a little bit, and it was kind of, like, the dedication, like, because you just met someone new, um, you think you might want a relationship with this person, but you still want to be able to do your own thing. Like you've been doing your own thing for a while and you don't want to like mess that up for yourself because you've got a good thing going. So maybe just kind of like the aspect of like how much each person is willing to put into a new possibly blossoming relationship to actually like make a relationship work. Mm. Um, I feel like just going into that big talking point would be, good to start off with yeah and when you say old uh, own thing you're kind of talking more about career stuff just mm-hmm. to kind of fill that yeah in, you yeah. know like your own um work basically yeah. your own i was gonna say your own career like your own kind of lifestyle what you're doing going yeah. to the gym or um if you're still in school like me studying having a lot of study time um all that kind of stuff that just goes into your basic life mm-hmm. so yeah and there's a bit of like a compromise there mm-hmm. of because <laughs> if you're whatever you're doing, putting another person into it is gonna change your schedule. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like just that's how time works. Is there's not an abundance of time; it's just a set number. And so then when you add time of somebody else you're spending with, and that's either gonna shift things around or you incorporate them into your activities as well, which kind of helps when your values align. Because a lot of the things that I like to do, and I like to do a lot of things, so speaking personally, you know, mm-hmm. so <clears throat> it's helpful when you find somebody that actually wants to do those things as well. So there's less compromise, and it feels like a less, it feels less like you're selling yourself out in a sense, and more like you just now have a partner, which is what how it should feel like, you know. Mm-hmm. Like for me, it's someone to go climbing with, someone to do outdoor activities with, something to try new things like. We jumped into horse tooth the other day, like cold plunge, because it was pretty chilly out and stuff like that. So just things I would have already done, but now it's nice because there's somebody along as well. So there's it doesn't feel like compromise, even though maybe like <clears throat> I could be definitely more efficient and quicker <laughs> if I didn't have to wait for them to show up or they didn't have to wait for me, you know. So there's mm-hmm. a even like a little bit of a drop off because you're a lot more nimble as one person, but then <clears throat> you're trading a bit of that um, light-footedness for, I guess, more whatever you, get, I guess, want to, more security or more of a partnership or more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Companionship. Companionship, yeah, that's it, yeah. So there's obviously a trade-off in everything, mm-hmm. and it's just kind of if you want, that and it makes it easier i guess is what i'm saying when there's less of a compromise when you guys are almost doing the same things you would have done but now just with each other Mm -hmm. (coughs) you're like bringing into light that um having somebody to actually like do all that stuff that you're already doing with um just bringing that to light um i feel like that is almost kind of like the big basis of actually starting a relationship with somebody is having a lot of common similarities of like what you'd like to do and what you want to do um i mean you could do it a different way of having like something like totally new and you guys are different but i mean 
I feel like it's better if you have more similarities than differences because um, then you can do all those fun things that you love doing with somebody else that also loves doing them. So it's pretty much just having like a partner through whatever you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like one of the big things is that um, maybe someone that's been doing this for a long time, like doing their own thing for a long time, um, kind of gets into their own like routine. Yeah, their own routine of being just by themselves, and that could get pretty lonely, I would think. And everybody, like, it's just a basic human trait is to look for companionship and, like, not be alone. Um, You always want to be, like, with somebody or with people that you love or that you like being with. Um, So getting that relationship basis is super, super great, and I feel like um, bringing that all together with all those similarities of two people is just like something that could be definitely overlooked nowadays because um, the dating basis of like um, online apps and all that stuff of like getting together, meeting each other, like you hardly know this person, but then if you're on a dating app, you like go see them and you're like, I want to start a relationship with this person without hardly even knowing them. Um, and I know there's some big variation of like what people actually do of like doing the online dating and all that stuff um, because most people or some people actually want to go out and like start um, trying to date people again and like getting to know the person before you're actually like in a relationship with them Um, but I've seen a lot of things especially on social media that that is kind of um, it's kind of a thing of the past now I would say because a lot of people are just like I want that connection. I want that feeling with somebody. I want that person that's going to be with me, but I don't want to go through the whole dating process because most people feel like it's just super, super taxing because you might meet somebody and think that, oh, this is a great person at the beginning, but then you actually start dating them and like going through a bunch of like life situations and learning that this person isn't as similar to me as I thought and I maybe I don't want a relationship and that takes up however much time you actually put in during that dating period and then you're like oh well I pretty much just did this almost for nothing because now I don't have a relationship coming out of it Mm -hmm. so I feel like that norm that used to be dating is kind of a thing of the past now and I feel like that's definitely affecting a lot of relationships now Um, I mean I kind of have a personal opinion on this as of like me I want to get to know the person before like I actually enter in a relationship with them so I'm all down for actually dating a person and like getting to know them first before I'm like all right let's be in a relationship so I mean that's kind of hard for me now because you meet someone new and they're like let's just jump straight into a relationship and you're like I don't know you all that well and I'd like to know you before I like get into something serious with you so I feel Mm -hmm. like um, that's a big thing nowadays. Like is people going too fast? Yeah. There's people just like jumping into something and then it end up not working and then somebody getting hurt in the process depending on what happens. Um, I just feel like that's a big thing as things that have changed um, is just the whole dating situation. People just get into stuff that maybe they probably shouldn't or they're just getting into it too fast. So... Have so any, like, do you think it was slower in the past then? Is um, that what you're thinking? 
not necessarily like slower, but well, yeah, I guess slower because I mean, people are just like taking the time to get to know somebody. Um, and like, do we have similarities? Do we like each other? Blah, blah, blah. As of like that dating scene before you're technically in a relationship, I would say, um, finger quotes around that. Um, just saying like, I mean, I guess I have kind of an example of this. Um, one of my buddies, um, he, I don't know if he is necessarily looking for a relationship, but he definitely jumps into some pretty serious things with people and, um, he's hurt a couple of people that I know of because he jumps into something super serious with a girl and then she thinks like things are actually like going well with them, but he's kind of like, I jumped into this with you, but we don't really connect all that well. I'm not really liking where this is going and then he kind of dips out of it and then the girl is usually left hurt um because they're like oh well i thought we had something going on like i thought we had a special connection and then they didn't Mm -hmm. so i mean i feel like yes they're kind of relationships are kind of going too fast i mean i feel like some have been going too fast in the past too but i feel like it's more prevalent nowadays just from what i've heard Mm. Okay. Yeah. Do you think that's like um like a product of the ease of like finding somebody quick? I feel like yes, because I mean dating apps in general, like you set up your location or whatever and you have your radius of how far away you want to meet people and then you just swipe on them like, Hey, maybe this girl looks attractive or Um, They have their little bio up or whatever, and you're like, oh, we have some of the same characteristics that we like. You swipe right, and if you match, then you're like, okay. So usually after that, you go meet the person, and then depending on what goes on, um, you could be like, okay, yeah, maybe I want a relationship with this person. But I feel like a lot of people just jump straight into it and be like, okay, the first time we met, it was pretty good, so like, let's do something about it. And then instead of like, continuously going to meet each other at like different events like maybe you went to dinner the first time you met the next time maybe you go do something adventurous like go out on a hike or something or whatever you want to do or whatever you like doing mm-hmm. um, so seeing if you're good in multiple different locations yes, I was gonna and say environments people just kind of jump into it too fast like oh I met this person we connected the first time I saw them let's get into this and then opposed to of going out doing more things and seeing like do I really like do I really connect with this person do I really see myself long term with this person before they actually like jump into a serious relationship mm-hmm. <coughs> that's like a good method for many things is to have a like in sciences it's a multivariate analysis mm-hmm. so we were good at dinner we we're good at the party we we're good in the gym we're good walking to class. Now you have four accounts of we're good here mm-hmm. instead of we're good at the party. And I kind of like this guy, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's the nice rule of thumb is <clears throat> I guess like it's just more pieces of evidence from varying sources, you know, mm-hmm. which is helpful in general on decision making. <clears throat> making a decision from limited information is going to make it harder to make the proper decision. Mm -hmm. I feel like 
something to add in that I kind of skipped over a little bit, but um, um, this kind of plays into of when people are jumping in super, super fast to something, like you meet this person and then you're like, okay, we had a really fun time at this party, like let's get into something serious. That goes into people that are actually like trying to go out and look for somebody like, hey, I actually want a relationship opposed to maybe getting together with somebody that's like, I don't want a relationship right now. Like I'm just out having a good time with somebody and then move on from that. And I feel like that impacts that whole aspect greatly because you could be going to meet somebody that's like just there to have a good time. Like, Hey, I want to meet up with some new people. I want to have a good time with you and then just skip out on it. And then other people are like going into that, like, Hey, I actually want a relationship. I hit off with this person. We had a really good time. And then, like, I want to do that again with this person. And then the other person doesn't agree. Like, I'm just here to have a good time for this one time. And then I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. And that's (laughs) on the hopeful assumption that the person you're dealing with knows what they want. Yeah. And won't lie to you, Mm -hmm. you know, which is a tricky part as well Is like. And that's, again, what's helpful with... um, the mul- like multivariate analysis not to get too scientific on this talking about love and stuff but like <clears throat> it's Talk hard about real love <laughs> well it's harder to lie it's not it's ha- easier to lie if you were had a two hour dinner date to figure out a way to just kind of smooth your way through that but then to do that then <clears throat> the next day in the gym three days later at a party a week later walking to class the like more times you interact with the person and the more times you're lying it's a lot harder to cover that up you know Mm -hmm. and that's like a pessimistic view i guess looking at it but you kind of got to cover your back in a bit uh, in a certain sense just to make sure you don't get hurt you know because that's where feelings get attached too quickly and like Mm -hmm. you're saying people run through it too fast and so a good degree of patience but then also just healthy skepticism is necessary um, <clears throat> in initiating a relationship, mm-hmm. you know? Um, <laughs> I feel like on all these things we agree, not to tip the boat, but I might have some more, I don't know, controversial stuff. Yep. So when we were it. talking about, when I was talking with Sydney about purity culture, in the Christian religion, and also, um, I hope I'm getting this word right, because I've said it a couple times now. Uh, Osmolarity? Complementarianism, where there's differing roles within the structure of marriage for males and females that are supposed to serve both of them better. And generally, that's in a more leadership and authoritative positioning for the man, and more of subservience uh, follower position of the woman and that's under the Christian guys just for marriage and a, a easy problem I made was trying to attribute that to all relationships between males and females so just like casual ones uh, like a woman just saying hi to another man on the street or something like that like she should serve him it's no not necessarily it's more in the church's or in the marriage's perspective of once you have a husband. And you'll see that leak out a little bit into, like, dating because dating is the preliminary to marriage. So, you know, mm-hmm. there's going to be a little bit of a drip 
from that to connecting those two. But other than that, that those rules are just for marriage. And I don't know. That's a definitely a little bit different than what we are used to from a modern point of view. You know, it's not, that's a, <laughs> it's a little bit, um, what's the word? Um, politically incorrect to say that a woman should submit to a man mm-hmm. these days. So that's, that's the, I guess, controversial part to anybody that has a problem with that. And I'm not, a spokesman for any of these ideas, but these are just varying perspectives on how marriage should be handled. Okay. Are you, like, is that the way you want a relationship in your marriage to be going, or is that just, like, what you've heard as to of what's going on nowadays? Well, that's definitely, well, that's definitely the guise or the the guidance for Christians. Mm -hmm. So anybody under that, that's the go-to for the most part, you know, differing churches have a little bit different takes on things. So Mm -hmm. things vary. And then between, um, religious sex and all that, it's a little bit different. So this does vary. It's not like cold, hard fact for all Christians, but like in general, that's the rough idea and different churches have some different interpretations of what scripture says. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. there's that when you're just looking at it from a religious text, um, for me, I really just have two f- thought philosophies that are a little bit separate. Um, how I do, uh, how I will want my marriage to look, and then I have a separate thought of how will it look for the majority of people if they feel fulfilled fully. Because there's generalities we can draw out on how people have different tendencies in relationships. And so it's helpful to try to figure out a consensus on what that should look like so it's easier for two people to get along in marriage. Mm -hmm. Um, So properly understanding that, and I don't think that's a majority of a... I don't think that answer has a majority in religious roots, but I think it can at least take some notes and some pages from... different religions on how they view the Bible just because they have a little bit more of a historical basis backing them. So that's, there's validity there. And then also, I mean, there's people practicing it now and it seems like, I think there's, I don't, I couldn't point directly to a study, but I'm pretty sure like religious affiliation helps with marital success. And that could partially be based on because two people share the same values, Mm -hmm. but also it could be just that tie to the church and being better supported and similar values and all these different things. So there's a lot of variables to really chalk it up to one point to one thing. Um, So to circle back to what you said, I have two thoughts of like what will work for most people and what will work for me because I know I'll slightly probably diverge from it, but, and this is to say, like we've said a couple of times, every individual person, I think, should have their right to choose and set up their life however they want. But if you let people have free reign and almost a free market of relationships, you're still going to be able to draw some averages and some consistencies in how people tend to uh, cohabitate and date and marry. That's what I'm curious about in a broad sense because those generalities will help people 
just find guidance in general, but then I might be repeating myself at this point, but then learning that and then trying to um, extract from that what will work for me. Okay. And that's like the thought I was, to connect that back to the thought I was having earlier, it was like, would I be more happier coming to a coming to my home and everything being clean and dinner's ready and it's all set for me and I give my story and my wife has a shorter story and then that's our night? Or would I be happier at the more, I don't know if modular is the better word, but like maybe I get home first some nights, maybe she's getting home first based on when we get off work. Maybe it's different setting up times to go to our hobby because we both have work and stuff like that. Would I be happier? That's like the questions right now, you know, for me personally. Um, Thank God I'm 22, so I have a good bit, but these are thoughts on my, or questions on my mind that I think at some point the vast majority of all of us are going to ask, which is like, how do I set up my relationship for success? My marriage for success. Um, yeah, that was a long-winded way to answer your question, but I, I think mean, there is something it, there. It got the job done. <laughs> so, I don't know what will suit me best. I think I definitely know personally. I have a body of work I want to cultivate, and almost career basically. To, I want to build off of that, and I'm barely just starting right now. So. I don't, I'm not going to compromise on that to do the flip side of be a house husband. Then the question, that rules out maybe like a 33% of what's possible, you know, that whole side. Mm -hmm. But then you have the 33% of somewhere in the middle where we both have a a career. And then there's just the other 33% where I'm the sole breadwinner and maybe she hasn't a part-time school teacher job or something like that to be very stereotypical about this. And maybe that suits us. And this is also provided that it's with a partner or wife that is fulfilled in that as well, you know, which is a conversation in itself, you know, and this is like, again, in a state of reality, I'm talking about where we're, we both enjoy how our marriage is set up. You know, this is not something to try to, force upon somebody else Mm -hmm. um i feel like that shouldn't have to be stated but yeah 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 so do you have any idea of how Um, you would want yours to be set up oh mine i mean i still i've got some time to actually like get out learn different aspects of what marriage actually is and what goes into having like a solid marriage um but I feel like me personally, I would want my partner to be fulfilled in any way they want. I mean, being that if they have their own, like, um, if they want to stay home and cook clean, do all that stereotypic mother thing. I mean, if that's what they want to do and they're fulfilled in doing that and, like, they get complete satisfaction of doing that, I mean... I'm all for it. Um, but if they also want to go out and pursue their career and do what they want in their career and, I mean, just live their life that way and then also come home, take care of the child that we have or whatever, um, in part of me also doing that, I'm totally fine with that too. I feel like it's just got to be a 
compromise between the two of us because if that's what she wants to do and then be more career advocated um, because I feel like I'm going to be more career advocated um, we just need to come together and have like that consensus of okay if we're both going to be doing this we both need to set aside times in our lives that need to be dedicated to something else that is apart from what our future goals are on um, as of being in your company or whatever that you're doing um, so I feel like it wouldn't really matter to me what my wife would be doing as long as she's happy in what she's doing it just needs to have that communication of if this is what you want to do this is what I want to do we both need to set aside the time and effort and whatever to come to this agreement of like who's gonna stay home take care of the child who's gonna be doing the house cleaning who's gonna be doing yada 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 um because going apart from what stereotypic male and female roles are is female stays home cooks cleans takes care of the child does all that stuff and then the man goes out makes all the money goes to work comes home and um i feel like if my wife wants to do that then just the whole communication barrier needs to not be a problem i would say mm. um that's kind of my standpoint of it now um things could change later but i feel like whatever my wife would want to do it wouldn't really matter to me as long as she was happy and what she was doing and i was happy and what i was doing and we're just coming to a consensus of here's how we'll do things in both of us being happy and what we want to do um hopefully when i meet that person um most of our values will align so depending on what we're doing um it won't really be like a combative thing setting aside time for each other or for whatever we're trying to do because our similarities will align and be like hey we both want to be doing this like let's both set aside time to do this so we can do it together and then also set aside time that you can do what you want i can do what i want set aside that time of being apart from each other like you said at the beginning of when we started talking um just all of that incorporated together i feel like okay yeah and i think that's pretty easy to say from a personal perspective mm -hmm. i think it gets a bit dicier when you talk about what's going to work for more people yeah yeah you know because then you're not dealing with your own life you're dealing with everybody else's mm -hmm. um I guess that's why, like, I found this study interesting to, g I guess, get to this because one of the claims that some people will yield is that, and this article kind of addresses that, or this research article does, um, there's um, social role theories of development that assume gender differences are a result primarily from perceived gender roles gender socialization and social structural power differentials and there's evidence that that is not the case and basically what if you were to hear that in like casual speak it's um men and women are kind of feminized and masculized based from from being children 
and just what society and our parents put into us. But that's not really the case when you look at it from like the standpoint of like egalitarian um, societies or the closest we can get to egalitarian, which um, I wrote the definition down just so I got it right. Egalitarianism emphasizes equality or equality and equal treatment across gender, religion, economic status, and political beliefs. So the best way uh, more um, a egalitarian society is the best we got at making a very equal society on multiple different domains, which is interesting. So it takes out that socialization role, basically. And what we see when we look at these egalitarian societies which is mostly what they would study is like the Scandinavian countries that rank highest on egalitarian values I guess um, and when you let that play out you see greater gender differences in personality than less which trumps the cultural thing okay it 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 doesn't, I guess, Trump's is a maybe a reach, but it does not support it, for sure. Yeah. yeah. At all. It um, might be better explained through more evolutionary theories, which is something the article gets into um, regarding ecologically invoked gender differences that are described and maybe more of a relating cause to that than anything else. And so when you take this to stuff like the big five personality traits, we see there's a tendency of women to be more agreeable and men to be more disagreeable. And a good way to think about this that was outlined to me was if you have two bell curves, if I could draw this for you, I don't have paper, but um, if you have like two bell curves, Mm-hmm. one representing males and one representing women. This is going to be hard to listen to, but hopefully it makes sense. I can picture it. And you just have one offset on the graph mm-hmm. while the majority, which is the bell in the center, the two first standard deviations basically are all going to be very similar because that's where the majority of people lie. Mm-hmm. Those upper tails of the end of the spectrum are going to be the 5% above or the 5% below or 10% above and 10% below. Right. And that's all you really need, especially in a population as big as ours, to see these different differentiations play out. And so that's why when we have like the upper bell curve of women being higher in agreeableness and the lower bell curve of men being in l- lower in agreeableness, being more disagreeable, that back tail end of the males is going to be very disagreeable. Mm -hmm. And that's all you need to see these things poke up because we have the majority of society just doing the normal bell curve. And then we have that five, 10% that are being disagreeable. And you see that play out in classrooms and in school. And then once you get into society in the prison system, and that's why there's more males generally locked up because they're more of a rule breaking tendency. Mm -hmm. And so if one was to argue women are more agreeable because we were teaching them that, then you would have to also argue at the same time, I think, that men are more in prisons because we're teaching them that, if you were to argue that at the same time. 
but I don't think so. And it's also, and that's also just not the case that we're teaching them. It's just more of like a, a bio, a biological script that we're already set to. And I think that works when you start bringing those evolutionary theories in instead of the social construction theories in because evolutionary speaking the women have always tended to care for the kids a lot more than the men Mm -hmm. and when you're dealing with a screaming infant you don't want to be disagreeable and think i just can get another infant you want to be very agreeable and being have a strong personality ability to understand said infant and soothe and almost um, connect and relate better. And so it's, it's um, evolutionarily advantageous to have people in your species specialize in being agreeable so that you can have a better ability of raising young. And then the entrepreneurial types tend to be more men because they have in a sense disagreed with the system and have gone out instead of doing the rules of I'm going to follow a nine to five and collect my paycheck and um, at 62 or 65 or whenever I'll retire and then get a vacation. Like a very agreeable man might flock to that system because it's safe and it's easy, at least it feels that way. But then a disagreeable man that's well incorporated emotionally might take that entrepreneurial route where they break some of these walls, start a new market or break into an emerging market and then go from that. And that's the modern day conquering. The previous way was going out of your way to probably hunt or take on another tribe and go into battle against nature or other humans. And um, thankfully now that's more, and I'm trying to find a good way to word to connect to this but it's more well it's definitely it's more socialized and cognitive isn't the word but instead you're going out and challenging the hierarchy in the sense to make it better and bring value to our free market system you know and start a business instead of you're waging war against these traditional values of just collecting your check and going on and instead breaking out of that which is very helpful. And so to try to tie this back in, I guess, there are these differences on how we act in our psychology and how we tend to map in these big five personality traits. Another difference is um, neuroticism. Typically, women are a little bit higher in neuroticism and men are a little bit lower on, on making a generality again. Um <clears throat> Um, I think you could base that evolutionarily on basically neuroticism is being able is being more sensitive to negative emotions and you might be more sensitive to positive emotions so you just feel things more powerfully which is good and bad that's a double-edged sword but you can then as well kind of care for and interpret and understand an infant a little bit better and work with them and um, service them. And also women in general have this nice healing energy as well. So anybody that's injured or anything like that, you can be more agreeable to take care of them when they're in their lowest of lows. And um, so it's not just babies, but then that's why you see higher rates of women going into like nursing and stuff like that. Cause they're, they're almost built 
for it. And that's why you see a higher tendency of males to go into the STEM field and stuff like that is because we like more items or things and stuff like that. So we don't necessarily care for people as much as women do. We care for more of like things. And that's why you see these higher rates of men opting into the STEM fields. And um, again, a differing opinion might be, well, that's just because men are told to go for the sciences and women are told to go for the, the nursing and the teaching and all that. And there might be, and I'm not saying that that's not at all at play here, but I don't think that's the majority. I think it's a more of a minority. And you can see this to connect it, hopefully full circle back on this big tangent that when we make things more egalitarian, that's what we find. We find that women don't want to go into STEM as much and they want to, they can still pursue a career. They're not going away from that, but it's usually more of a um, human services domain and a man will take more of a STEM domain. Um, I like going into that, um, just kind of playing into this on the relationship roles and what used to be like the normal fad of what, um, like we've said before, woman usually stays home, takes care of the child, does a cooking, cleaning, blah, 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 all that stuff. Um, I feel like this kind of plays into a normal mothering role that women are majority like overall are more mothering and like more caring of a child and like more willing to actually do more things for the child and all this stuff because it's in their nature basically um because i mean they carry that child with them for nine months before they're actually born it's like they have that special connection and that bond that um the father usually doesn't get um so just going into what you said of like how men and women usually are um just women are usually more likely to be a lot more mothering um and more caring to the child no matter what the circumstances um that's just because that's how it's been and how women are um so that kind of praise or praise plays into the kind of relationship and um later family setting of what we were kind of talking about mm-hmm. so i like that you bring that tangent in mm-hmm. um, and i i this can be easily misinterpreted i'm not saying that a woman could never find herself happy in a stem field i'm just saying the majority of women probably won't to not let that slip out of hand mm-hmm. it's not to say that there will never be a woman computer scientist yeah but i think the majority of them will be happy being men and i don't i don't know if there's anything wrong with that and i guess one other caveat is this is just one study there was three others i was looking at but i didn't get to read through so i'm not going to cite them because i didn't read them don't want to be that guy but it seems like there's other mounting evidence. I would like to look into this more. And I don't think this is a um, definitive claim, but it's, this is definitely not something supporting the social construct idea. So that's we can say for sure. And 
anybody that has contradictory sources, I would love to see. I don't have any stake in this. I'm just trying to figure out what the actual truth is. I just want to, I guess, put that caveat out there of, yes, there could be a woman programmer, but there's still going to be five more men programmers behind her. And same thing, there's going to be five nurses getting into the field and maybe one male nurse mm -hmm. behind that. Yeah. Just same flip side, roughly speaking. And these are in generalities. And if there's any contradictory sources, I would love to see them. I'm not, I feel like I'm repeating myself, I guess, but I'm not opposed to being wrong. And I'm not even thinking that this is definitive. It's just um, what research we have at mm -hmm. play right now. Yeah, just kind of back you up on that a little bit and just kind of reinforce, like, you're not making the statement of saying, oh, all women are doing nursing jobs and blah, 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 and they'll always enjoy doing this, so... If you're a woman, you should be going to do this. Like, that's not what's being said. It's just the whole overall generality is that women usually find themselves happier in that type of role that they're going after. Um, as opposed to men going into the STEM field, they're usually happier doing that. Going back as, like, the bell curve kind of example, you're going to have those 5 10% of people that stray from the norm doing those different types of things women going into the stem field men going into nursing blah 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 just those ex for examples um and that was just this one research so just kind of mm -hmm. backing up on that a little yeah. bit yeah and i think two thoughts on that i already forgot one of them but um trying to connect this back is that you do have these two bell curves of the vast majority of us are pretty similar and that the tail ends you see these differences and I'm not smart enough and haven't thought about it long enough to understand exactly what that means in the sense that if all you need is the best, the top 5% of people that have that proclivity matched with opportunity to be good at, like, let's say, program designing, then all you need is that small 1% or 0.1% because that's like depending on the sample of the population, that's thousands or hundreds of thousands or millions of people, depending on how you split that. And then that's enough people to fill the programming sector itself. And then if that tendency is mostly males, then most, most of them are going to fill that. And so I guess like there's just going to be more of a gray area in the grayer positions that don't fall on the clear-cut human services and um, STEM field on the other side there's going to be a bit of gray area in the middle and so this isn't a um, direct guideline that all women should go into nursing obviously follow what you want to follow it's again just trying to draw out these um, tendencies that we tend to have as people um, and I think as long as this research holds up and we can replicate studies like this and the research is sound and the, this is actually a truth that we can replicate and therefore um, it's a good reflection of what reality actually is. As of now, I don't think there's anything wrong with this as long as it's true. It actually gives us more insight into what would make more people happy. And again, this is under the assumption that it's true and right now I haven't seen anything that's contradictory to it. I would be fine and open to see that because all I want is to give people a better guideline of what will make them happy and more align their lives with 
everything that reality actually is structured, mm -hmm. right? And so if reality is structured this way where the evolutionary claims seem to be more accurate and because of these different historical and biological and physiological things make us have these different tendencies, then there's nothing wrong with having a majority of nurses if they're all more happy being there because they're fulfilling what they're almost what they were almost built for, you know, not to get religious, but it's almost like what the higher power intended. And if you don't believe in a higher power, then it's still what your biology intended, mm -hmm. which might be a higher power in itself, which is a, <laughs> a crazy thought in itself to that would be a different tangent, you know, but just to have this great idea of like what will most likely be more meaningful to you. And we have now empirically studied this. And again, with more replication, the more valid this is, I think, then it's almost just more power to the people as long as we don't let these ideologies that we have inside of us um, take over. You know, as long as it's the goal is to be more happy and healthier and more productive, then this is a this is a win in a sense where we have a consensus as long as it tends to go this way, you know, and then more people. And if you have a very disagreeable woman that wants to be an entrepreneur, I'm not mad at that. It's just unlikely. And it kind of makes it even cooler, you know, because it's it is it's it's cool because it's actually breaking the feminine stereotype while still somebody's aligned with how they're built because you'll still have those few 0.01% of females that are very disagreeable and have those other entrepreneurial characteristics that make them not want to be around people and not want to be around infants at all and they get to actually live out what their biology would want them to and at the same time break that mold and it, it's better in the, instead of somebody that's told that they can go out and do this and then maybe they follow this career and it's still like got them by and did the job but then maybe when they have a kid they realize how much they actually love caring for infants and realize that they would have loved to be in an old folks home caring for people until they got married and had a kid instead and they felt more fulfilled in a more of a caregiving profession and I think the only reason this is like is a hot button topic for some people is that sadly it's hard to monetize human services it's a lot harder to, to monetize especially from a nurse's perspective taking care of an old person as it would be and also to scale as it would be developing a computer program and then selling that to scale for other people that's that's partly just the problem in itself is it's just not an economic benefit to take some of these positions that women tend to take and that is unfortunate it really is without manipulating the systems um, it, that I can see beyond an overcorrection it is sad that it's harder to to bring more money to teaching positions and nursing positions and all those caregiving positions that do if if 
that woman goes out and pursues what she actually loves and goes to go help old people, but is getting kind of a shitty paycheck for it while she is fulfilled it, it, it then it, while you might be bio- biologically fulfilled then there still might be a um economic pressure at play and i think that's very sad and if we really put all our great heads on this and didn't think so ideologically i think on it and really just thought out how we can maybe make it better in an economic sense to pursue these your passions i think there'd be a lot to gain from that you know because then Mm -hmm. loud cart there'd be a lot to gain from these from allowing somebody to pursue what they what aligns with them completely biologically spiritually personality wise and then as well that the economic incentive is there and I guess if you roll with these traditional roles and you really push this to the farthest extent and under a traditional heteronormative marriage, the woman would be marrying a man. And if we're really dealing in stereotypes, would be marrying that computer programmer or engineer. And he would already be making money to offset that, you know. So there could be a balance there. But that's not foolproof and that plays on generalities and stereotypes, you know. So, I'll let you jump in here because I talked a while. No, I mean, I don't know if I really have anything to add to that because you kind of hit almost everything on that. Like, I mean, I agree with most of that as of um, it's kind of sad to see that um, women being actually fulfilled in their job that they're actually pursuing, but then yet again not getting, like, almost that social kind of recognition as of like you're doing this you're taking care of old people nursing whatever you're doing but you're not getting compensated the same way as of a man being compensated of doing something else i mean sorry to interrupt andrew schultz was doing um crowd work i saw one of his videos he was talking to this woman and she was just switching careers from being a teacher to being a real estate agent so switching that economic benefit and I, I bet she was a very nice lady but she was like go to your school pto get out there and advocate and he made the joke like why would we do that you're leaving <laughs> you know <laughs> but um and this is just like a little story but it's just funny but when you dig into it kind of sad in the sense that and it, it's hard to say what was actually behind her decision you know but mm-hmm. to maybe infer a little bit too much right here maybe there wasn't a good economic benefit and she had a her a job was good at teaching but there was no economic benefit to it and her b job was good at selling things and so she's choosing that b job to get a little bit of a higher paycheck you know and maybe that's fine maybe it is fine that you do roll with your two your number two and you still make a little bit of money and life is so complex that maybe that money gives you enough security and other senses where you can still maybe pay for the gym membership and healthier food or whatever that matters to you so maybe it offsets it in a sense of that maybe you don't hit your number one job that completely aligns with whatever your biology and psychology set dictates but then life's so complex that maybe that financial incentive offsets it you know that's another thought that's kind of hard to put a verdict on Mm -hmm. you know and that's just where 
it's best left up to what the individual wants to do to cut you off there but that's what you you were talking made me think of yeah i mean i was just kind of going over the same thing that you pretty much already said just to reinforce it but yeah i feel like you pretty much hit everything i mean i don't really have any comments on any of it to be honest (laughs) it's really what i don't know it was good (laughs) thank you (laughs) i hope it made sense and again yeah if there's contradictory evidence i'm just trying to pursue Mm -hmm. what is actually reality what's at play if there was a hole in this study that i'm missing and i'm speaking lies then let's let's break that out and actually go through that you know but as i see it right now this seems pretty rock solid you know and it helps using that multivariate where you start leaning on these different evolutionary theories of why things are and not these um, sociological theories of just how we teach the kids, man. It's like, well, we did have this tendency for thousands of years of how households were set up. And before mm-hmm. that, our general biology is mammals, you know. So it's not nothing that maybe our biology dictates some of this stuff. So, yeah. And I want to read through those other articles. And maybe at a later point, I'll go through those with somebody. But Jesse had an idea ahead. I'm sorry, it just popped in Go my ahead. head. I got it doesn't have anything to do with this. I have more information on core. It just popped <laughs> in. Sorry. <laughs> We're gonna talk about that later. I'm trying to think if I have anything else on my mind regarding this. Do you have any other points? Mm, as of like the whole relationship thing or it's just like, yeah. this more centralized topic that we've been talking about? Yeah. All of it. Um, I was going to bring in the different perspectives as of me and then different people in my fraternity as of mm. what yeah, fraternity relationships kind of look like. That's good. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, other than that, I think, let me look. To me, while you look that up, I, tr- I try to like think of these spectrums because I think it helps. And is it too general that it doesn't have utility to it? But to me... There's kind of two philosophies out there right now of the overly puritanical idea that you don't have sex with anybody. You don't even think of a, another person sexually until you're in marriage with your significant other. That's one very extreme side of the spectrum, almost comically extreme. And then on the other side, you have um, I'm my most fulfilled and happiest when I go out and have sex with multiple partners and have just a a free do it with anybody I like and there's no consequences with that I think that's the other side of the spectrum and and I think both are somewhat right and both are somewhat wrong and that's why they're both extremisms and I think the best course is straight in the middle um Looking through my notes, I don't really have any other talking points, really. Maybe one that kind of splinters off from what I'm about to say, but uh, we can get to that. So the segue into you, I would say that fraternity culture more aligns with that almost polyamorous nature of having multiple partners, a little bit less of a partnership that's involved or less of a relationship involved and more Mm -hmm. a um, desire of sex over... Um, 
companionship. Mm-hmm. So I'll let that segue into you. Yep. Um, okay, I'm just going to like spitball, like just run through most of this stuff. If you have a thought, cut me off. Jump in. Yeah. Um, so just to begin with, as of kind of, I'm going to label it as fraternity culture, even though this could be happening in different settings and with different people and whatever. But this, I feel like this is maybe some of the main um, things that goes on with kind of relationships in general in fraternity settings um, in college. Um, so most of what I've seen, and I have um, quite a bit of friends that do this, but one in particular, um, uh, he's one of my good friends, but he kind of, um, we've talked about this before and kind of what his relationship air quotes kind of what he's looking for in women and what he's actually doing here in college as of like finding relationships and all that kind of stuff um he kind of hops around from girl to girl just kind of having a good time um more kind of centralized on that physical aspect of having sex with somebody and um getting kind of like that attachment or that feel good of being with somebody and more of that physical aspect of being with different people um but i've talked to him about it and he says that um kind of in that relationship aspect he kind of explained it to me as not getting kind of all those values and like comforting things that you get from a relationship with one person you're getting it from different people as a whole I would explain it, and um, as of giving back, it's a little different, but as of receiving, he kind of explained it to me as when you're with somebody, you're getting those wants and needs from that one person um, for a little while, and then depending on what you're doing, you either just move on to the next person, or you keep that one person like close to you um, still, but then going off and looking for another partner, so you're kind of fulfilling your wants and needs and then that companionship of being with somebody just with different people at different times opposed to of having just one person and you're getting all that stuff from just one person and I kind of we kind of talked about it a little bit um this was a like first semester or something like that when I was here um so few like over five six months ago um, but we were kind of talking about it, and he said that I'm honestly fulfilled in doing that because it's kind of, I think it's, me personally, I think it's just weird to say, but, like, you're not necessarily as being a leech, I would say, but you're sucking that energy from different people and getting that of what you need for as to satisfaction and that feeling of being with somebody that romantic feeling and pretty much everything of just being in a relationship from one person and then you hop to the next and then you're still getting that and as long as you still have like that overall general sense of you can hop to person to person as long as you have somebody to go to and to hop to then you're going to be fulfilled no matter what because when you're with that person you're fulfilled you're getting everything that you need until you move on to the next person um this kind of isn't really like it's kind of one-sided basically because he was being um satisfied and getting all the things that he wanted 
but wasn't really taking into consideration of what his partner needed or wanted. Um, and then he also talked to me about some people that he was with keeping in contact with them, like keeping in close contact with them, meaning that he kind of stopped that of meeting new people to hop to, but now he has a certain group of people that he can kind of jump to at different times um, as opposed to just new people every time. Now he has like a certain group of people almost saying that you have like four or five different girls that you're close with, not super, super close with, but you can all, you can rely on that person when you need something, depending on whatever that is in a relationship sense, you can go to a different person as of to what you need. Um, so that's kind of what I got from his perspective as to what he is, is going into as of relationship wise. Um, I think that's kind of the overall majority of what people do in fraternity life and college in general, because I feel like most people in college aren't really looking for anything like super serious. They're just like going out looking to have a good time. Um, maybe you're like from a small high school like we were and some of those opportunities weren't really present that are here in college so you're going out and experiencing new things um so i feel like that's the overall majority of people here in college as of you're not really looking for anything super serious so that can happen but you're getting kind of a group together as of who you're more close with as of in a relationship with with air quotes because a you're harem. not really yeah I was gonna say you're just basically with them but not necessarily being with them mm -hmm. with different people yeah um, and I feel like that's just the big majority of people and then that's kind of big fraternity culture I guess can I add a critique to that yes I think maybe a lot of people aspire to have that at our age mm -hmm. especially men but I think very few actually achieve that, mm -hmm. you know. I think if they could manage that and had the almost charisma and everything that it takes to manage that, I think a lot of, especially guys, would go for that. But I think, like if we're talking majority, I think that's less than 10% that actually actualize what you're talking mm -hmm. about, you know. That's kind of why I label it as fraternity culture because that's what you think of as frat guys. You're like, mm -hmm. oh, he's a big player. He knows a lot of girls. He's been with a lot of women, blah, blah, blah. That's Let me ask you this, though. That is like the stereotype with fraternities. Mm -hmm. But do you think that's, that rule still plays out? You know, like the 80-20 rule? Mm -hmm. You know, like in depth, like... Like eighty, like twenty percent of the top artists are gonna produce eighty percent of the Billboard hits. Mm -hmm. You know, like stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. Like the eighty percent of productivity is just gonna come from twenty percent of people. Mm -hmm. And so, like the and it and it's a variable rule. It can get down to like thirty seventy or up to ninety ten. But it's like mm -hmm, a mm -hmm. good rough like ruler to use on some things. And so I think like in general, and like let's say the in CSU the our our college there's probably like 80% of dudes that are having the most sex, right? Do you think that that is heightened when you get into fraternity? Therefore, there's more of those qual 
that quality of dudes that can maintain that? Or do you think it's still like you still have a certain percentage of, for lack of a better word, chumps that can't get any sex and a percentage of guys that get some, don't go for a lot and still get a couple of chicks and then guys that maybe get a couple more chicks but nothing and then a f- the very few of guys that can maintain this big rotation like you're talking about. So do you think that that gets heightened, to try to get this into a concise co- question do you think that gets heightened or changed in a sense of like these different splits of different types of guys or do you think it's um about the same as like the general college population i would say yes and no um reasoning for this being yes because um usually when you're in a fraternity you go to a bunch of different parties you're hosting parties you're doing all this stuff um and in doing that um, there's usually a ratio that a lot of people know of that um, any party that usually fraternities throw has got to be at least, it's usually one to three or one to five, meaning every one guy, there's got to be five girls there. Or every one guy, there's got to be three girls. And um, usually when people are actually coming to parties that like aren't on like the certain list of like people that are actually invited to the party, um, when guys show up, they need to be in a group of like one guy per three girls or whatever. Um, so this kind of going is just a big segue into being like when you're at those fraternity parties, when you're in the fraternity, you have, I feel like, a, a bigger like pool to choose from as of a regular kid in college, um, like the average chump that you were saying. Mm-hmm being in his dorm room not going out and doing a lot of things you have so much less of an opportunity of actually meeting a girl and hooking up with a girl Hmm. just doing regular college stuff as opposing to you're an average chump that joined a fraternity that now has this big opportunity of actually getting with a girl or being with a girl just because of the party aspect of that but then I'm also going to say no because I know people personally in my fraternity that are still chumps and don't really go out and, like, actively seek for something like that. Mm -hmm. Or people that are seeking to go hook up with a girl but just can't. Yeah. Um, So I feel like that's the no aspect because, I mean... I don't want to label it as this, but some people have game as of picking up women and doing that whole process of, like, you see someone new, you go hit on them, blah, blah, blah. The whole dance. Yeah, Yeah. picking up a whole, like, getting a girl. Um, Some people have that. Some people have that confidence. Some people have that swagger about them. And some people just don't. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's also in the no aspect because even if you do join fraternity, it's not 100% set that, oh, I'm in a fraternity now. I'm going to be bringing in all these women so yes and no to that i would say yeah yeah so maybe like a way to sum it up is the pool you're swimming in might get a little bit enriched but if you still don't know how to swim then Mm -hmm. you're not going to be able to capitalize right so to speak okay that makes sense yeah so maybe like but that would might it would be easier for the guys in the middle that have like some game but don't have the most perfected style of game you Mm -hmm. know so you get this bigger pool and then by default you can kind of have more options to choose from and um go out and 
it's kind of a numbers game a little bit for guys you know you get shot mm -hmm. down a lot and yeah. then like that 10 percent of the ones that say yes boom you just mm -hmm. need one to say yes in a sense you know so if you have a greater pool then it's easier to hit on more mm -hmm. chicks and mm -hmm. get more no's but then more yeses at the same time exactly so as long as you're going out and trying mm -hmm. and like like i like what you said where like the normal dude that is just in the dorm he sees maybe some chicks on the way to class some chicks in class and maybe some chicks at the dining hall mm -hmm. but it's not the same proportion as what you would find right yeah Okay. So that, yeah, that's interesting, actually. Um, I didn't think of it like that. And I kind of want to add to that a little bit as of, I talked about mainly the party scenes, but being in a fraternity, it's not just all about the whole party scene in general, because you're going out and you're doing different philanthropy events. Um, that's not necessarily like being with girls or like picking up girls, but when you're going out to different philanthropy events, you're meeting new people that are depending on what you're doing but you're meeting new people getting more connected with more people and you're going to different socials as with different sororities on campus so you're going to pretty much depending on what the social is like you have a few guys from your fraternity going over and having a social with a whole sorority so you've got all these girls that you're with with a few guys um, depending on how the social goes um, but usually it's a healthy mix between guys and girls. And then you're just giving your connections to different people. You're going out meeting new people. And as a people, it's mainly just women that you're meeting in the fraternity when you're going out to these socials or different events. Um, so I feel like just the pool uh, metaphor that you made is just a lot bigger. Um, so there's definitely a lot more opportunity, not just as in party sense, but that's usually mainly when that happens is at a party because that's usually what people are hooking up and um, people are getting together and all that stuff. So um, it's not just the party aspect because there are different things that you get from the fraternity out of partying and stuff, but it is mainly, or maybe not mainly, but a big majority is from parties it also just kind of helps you kick get kicked into having to be social mm -hmm. which is a big a part of it i exactly. think especially for guys that are maybe on the doorstep of trying to get better speaking to women and stuff like mm -hmm. that it just gives you an easier opportunity in a sense so yeah that's interesting um and then moving on from that um kind Does, of do you think your friend going back to him do you think he's actually happy or do you think he's like chasing something that's actually not making like do you think he's genuinely happy right now in his situation um i feel like yes he is um i, I haven't really talked about like his whole situation of like how like his personal feelings are on this like recently um but i would assume yes because um anytime he's either at a party or we're doing things he's always like happy and he's always like gloating about oh yeah i was hooking up with this girl and blah 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 we had so much fun and not just like oh i hooked up with this girl but like i hooked up with this girl then we're going out and doing this maybe we're going to have dinner or we're going to have fun at some other person's party or whatever um so i feel like yes as to he's getting kind of like that satisfaction of being in a relationship without being in a relationship if that makes sense um, so yes, I would say, okay. but I don't have like solid yeah. concrete yeah. of that. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then straying from that, um, there is 
one person in my fraternity that is actually waiting for marriage to do anything um, hmm. that um, kind of surprised me um, but I, I'm not going to judge him that's his decision like he can do whatever he wants um, but it just kind of surprised me because of the norm of what coming into a fraternity that's kind of what we talked about like oh everybody's trying to hook up with girls and blah 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 but that's not what he's actually doing um, and then there are a couple other people in my fraternity that are the average chumps, as you would say, that don't really have that much game and don't really pick up that many girls. Um, so I feel like their perspective on getting into a relationship is a little bit different because I know some of them are on the dating apps like Tinder, Hinge, Bumble, or whatever they're on. Mm -hmm. um, and I've seen them... I've seen them on those apps, but I have seen them not really been very successful with anything. Um, so I feel like that's a little bit different. Um, and I don't really know too much about how they're actually going about trying to be in a relationship or if they're even looking for a relationship or what they're trying to accomplish. Um, but there are a few people that are doing that. So. Mm. It's funny that like, a trait you automatically attach to them as being on the dating apps when like being in the fraternity is the dating app in a sense yeah, you know yeah. where it'd be a lot easier especially because like typically those dudes that aren't good with girls might not have that higher level of looks as well Mm -hmm. And dating apps tend to be more visually and kind of a little bit more shallow just by the nature of how the apps are wired and put together, you know. And so being able to be in person with somebody allows for not just your physical appearance to show, but then more of you to show as well, which would mm -hmm. help give you hopefully a benefit to like, I'm going to say more person finding somebody that jives with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because it's hard to, funny example is um my roommate he was on um i can't i don't know what he was on but he was talking to some girl and he was trying to be sarcastic over the phone which never works mm -hmm. like ever um texting yeah yeah um and he texted a girl and he was like oh what major are you in blah 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 and he was like i'm in chemistry or i'm a chem major and she was like oh really i could never chem so hard and he was like i can't remember exactly what he said but he was like yeah it's super hard to be a, um, why do you say something, something along the lines of being a genius or whatever, but he was being kind of sarcastic mm. as of like trying to poke fun and yeah, yeah. be funny. Um, and then she meshes back and she was like, Oh, so you're a real main character, aren't you? And it was like, ah, <laughs> but he was trying to be sarcastic and funny, but I can I picture like your roommate too, like saying <laughs> that and that being like a good joke for him. Um, but yeah, I feel like just in person and having those like face to face, like, actual conversations like that just boost your chances of like actually hooking up with somebody because you're there you're in person you're actually like having those conversations so if you're trying to be sarcastic and funny it actually works instead of texting something and then being someone taking it the wrong way and then things not working out that yeah, way yeah yeah um because he's a pretty funny dude you know and oh so yeah it'd no, be a lot easier if he was in person with somebody say, he's so funny yeah yeah but um, also going along with that, um, just a little background from me. 
Um, I didn't even want to join a fraternity in the first place. Like when I came to college, um, the first year I went to UW and then I transferred here. But when I went to college, I had never thought about joining a fraternity. Like that wasn't something that I wanted to do. But then um, when I actually did join the fraternity that I am in, um, I feel like it helped um, for me hooking up with girls because in high school, we went to a super small high school and there wasn't really any hooking up or like getting together with anybody in high school to begin with just because everybody knew each other and premarital hand <laughs> gross nasty what are you doing um but i feel like there was just like none of that in high school so i kind of missed out on what usually people start to do in high school um so i feel like i kind of missed out on that but then coming down here um I feel like I would have been fine to kind of go back to saying, like, does fraternity culture kind of help in that aspect? Um, Before I even joined the fraternity, um, I had actually hooked up with girls. I wouldn't wouldn't say more than, than when I joined in the fraternity, but I feel like almost just as much as when I did join in the fraternity. So, um... I feel like that just kind of goes to play into saying, like, even though you're not in a fraternity and you're just doing the regular college life, that doesn't mean that you're not going to be hooking up with anybody. Yeah, you have no opportunity. Yeah, I was going to say. do you think, like, you're a little bit more of a special case where, like... Because I'm a hunk? A little bit, (laughs) yeah. A a bit. (laughs) Where it doesn't matter what pool you're in, you're going to find a way to swim, you know? Um, What I'm getting at? I feel, well, yeah, no. I mean, I don't know what other people's opinion are on me, but me, I feel like I'm not the worst-looking guy in the world, but then yet again, I'm not the best-looking guy in the world. Like, I'm kind of in that intermediary. Um, So I feel like mostly my personality and how I, like, actually connect with people kind of sets me over the top. Um, So I feel like yes and no, because when I actually... Um, I'm trying to get with somebody. It, I feel like it's more of my personality than my looks mm-hmm. that are getting me over the top, but I don't know that for sure. I don't know what other people actually think of me when I'm actually hooking up with them. Or like, are they with me because of what I was saying and how they actually connected with me with my personality and all that? Or was it because they actually thought I um, looked like a hunk, as to say, or looked really, really good, and that's why they hooked up with me, mm. so... Yes and no, because I don't really know that mm-hmm. for sure. Um, but I feel like, yes, there's still opportunity, even though you're not in a fraternity, but I feel like the opportunity, like the amount of opportunity that you have going into a fraternity definitely boosts your chances, is what I would say. Okay. As of more as a personal kind of what I've been through and what kind of worked for me, I guess. Mm-hmm. Thanks for calling me a hunk. That kind of <laughs> kind of boosted my self-esteem yeah. right there a no, little bit. No, I think bit. you're definitely, at the very least, above average. And I know that doesn't sound like a compliment, but, like, there's a lot of people that are average, you know? And you just need that slight leg up, you know? Mm-hmm. And for anybody that's average looks which is the majority of people because it's average looks Mm -hmm. 
just stepping up your game, your charismatic game a little bit better mm-hmm. is just another edge, you know. And like once you get older and older, then like status and money, I think, play a little bit bigger of a mm-hmm. role. But mm-hmm. right now we're all kids say getting we're all into debt that might kids. come from money. But at the same time, it kind of levels it out in mm-hmm. a bit where like looks still play a role but then charisma can be a good trump card on Mm -hmm. a lot of things so yeah i think like any advice to dudes it's like developing your game because that's what you can control you Mm -hmm. know you can like dress up get get a style comb your hair get a little bit Mm -hmm. better the best you maximize your looks but that only goes to a much shorter extent than like being interesting to talk to and being good at talking to somebody right. and actually, um, yeah, being able to add value to a conversation and be a fun person to be around mm-hmm. and have a, a personality and a life and all that kind of stuff before you even meet somebody else. And that works well with like same sex friends, but then also going out and trying to find a partner as mm-hmm. well or even just quick fling. Like, you just look better in general, mm-hmm. you know, for any of those. <clears throat> so, yeah, that's kind of um, the whole fraternity culture, I would say, um, in college. Um, just a big overview is there's more opportunity for you to actually hook up with somebody or to kind of have that, like my friend, being with different people but still getting the satisfaction or whatever your wants and needs are from different people at different times. Mm-hmm. Um, but then yet again, just because you're in a fraternity isn't going to guarantee you anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. What are you looking for right now? Uh, me in personally? Um, in a relationship, I'm not looking for anything special right now. Um, I am, I would say I did kind of find that group, like my friend did. I'm kind of in the same boat as him. I did kind of find that group of, um, women that I like being around. They like being around me. We hang out pretty constantly. Um, we just like being together, doing different things together. I feel like I kind of found that group with myself. So your own harem? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> um, so I feel like I'm not looking for anything like super special right now because I'm still in college. Like I've still got a lot of life to live. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm kind of more focused on my academics right now, um, keeping my good grades because I'm looking to go to either med school or PT school. So my focus isn't really on finding a good relationship right now. But that being said, if the opportunity of having a good relationship with somebody that I really connect with arises itself, I'm not going to skip that opportunity mm-hmm. by any means. Um, but then that also being said, I'm not going to force myself into a relationship super, super early because I still want to go out and have fun because yeah. I still feel like at certain parties or like whatever I'm doing, if I want to hook up with somebody, I'm not going to like tell myself like, no, I'm, trying to be in a relationship right now so Mm -hmm. i feel like i'm in a kind of happy balance of i'm getting like my satisfactions and everything from that group of people that i'm with and that i've been with 
but also at the same time not really looking to like excel that mm-hmm. by any means but if it does happen i'd be game for it mm-hmm. so i feel like there's a happy medium between all of that i have many questions ask away bashi boy um do they know each other as of the girls that um, you're affiliated with Yes, and so like, because like when you say group, you think of like a friend group, but it's not really that, right? So, I'll I'll explain a little better. It's um, not. So this group that I'm kind of classifying, it's not a group that like gets together like it's your friend group. Yeah, it gets together like at the dining hall or whatever, and we all have lunch together and blah blah blah. It's like, I'm hanging out with this one girl for a few days or whatever I'm doing and then another girl hit me up and be like hey like let's go out and let's do this so then I'll go hang out with her or some girl hits me up I'll go hang out with her so I don't really have anything like super special with anybody but I have different connections that I'm with so I'll like I can go hang out with different people at different times or whatever if that makes sense yeah I'm not like committed to one person so it's not necessarily a group as per se. It's just different people that mm-hmm. I have that I can go be with. So you bounce up yeah. between. Yeah. And do you think they usually initiate when it's time to like hang out? Um, Most of the time? Either I'll initiate as to saying like, oh, I want to go hang out with this one person because we're all friends. Um, maybe not them, the girls that I'm hanging out with. With each other, being but you friends, did them. But I'm friends with them. Yeah. Um, so either I'll initiate and be like, Hey, like, let's go get lunch or let's do this, or maybe come to one of my fraternity events or whatever. Um, or they'll initiate and be like, Hey, like, let's go do something. And I'll be like, yeah, like, let's go hang out. I'm down for that. So I feel like it's a little bit of both. Okay. So it's a pretty even 50, 50 of like, who's initiating for most Mm -hmm. of the time. Okay. And to be clear on most of this it's it's not every time that i go hang out with somebody that i'm hooking up with that person Mm -hmm. it's more of because some of the people in my group i haven't hooked up with Mm. so they are technically just friends with me but i still go hang out with them um but there are some people that i've hooked up with that i'm still connected with and be like yeah Yeah. let's go do things but would you say like a defining character a defining characterization of this group we're talking about that don't one defining characterization is they don't really know each other for the most part yeah because i've met them at different times and different places and different events and stuff like that but then they all have a similarity where they all facil facilitate some intimacy for you yes So, mm, I'd say most of them that I would classify in that group, mm-hmm. but I do have different, like, women that I'm with, and I'm like, that I haven't had any... Um, that are more just friends. Yeah. Like, friend friends. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, there's a group of girls that are in Corbett that have hung out with different people in my fraternity, a bunch of my friends, um, and I'm friends with them, but I don't really have any, like, special connection with them. Yeah. Any physical per, affiliation. Yeah, as per se. Okay. And then... The group that I'm talking about, that I'm, like, super, like, that we're intimate with each other, like, that group isn't, like, super huge yeah, by any means. Um, so, just as to clarify that as well. Yeah. Does it seem like a lot to juggle at times? 
Mm, not. Does it feel like it? You have to juggle and balance it. Not really, because I mean, um, it's not necessarily a hard thing to do, honestly. Because, like, are you asking like? If different girls want to hang out with me at different times or, like, at the same time, I'd be like, sorry, I can't hang out with you. I'm doing something else. It's well, I guess a starting question is, like, they're all on some level in on the fact that they know you guys aren't monogamous. Yes, I would say. For the most part. Mm-hmm. So they're... So I guess they all, to a certain extent, know whether they, like, know the names of these people. It's more they know you're kind of getting shared. Mm, I would say yes and no. I feel like because there are some girls that I've been with and then I've just, like, stopped communication with them overall. And then there's some girls that I've been with that still want to hang out or whatever um i don't know if they necessarily know that i'm being with other people but i feel like i've let them know that like there's nothing like we're not in a relationship by any means so i feel like that's almost like implied that maybe i'm being with other people but i don't know if they know that like for certain Mm. but i have like let everybody know that like we're not exclusive by any means so if something does happen like don't get really upset or mm-hmm. anything if yeah. that answers your question yeah cause like do the I guess what I'm trying to get at with like the juggling ideas like mm-hmm. because some don't have this sp- explicit cue of like oh I'm sharing this guy do they do they sometimes more demand more of your time or is it all like is is the ecosystem here pretty evened out where everybody's getting enough and feels fulfilled or do you think there's always like a little bit of a give and take in a imbalance that just kind of is inherent in how how many mm. people are being juggled i feel like it's a kind of a give and take um cuz And this might help clarify a little bit, but um, the people that I have been with before that we still hang out, some of those people that I go hang out with them again, we won't hook up again or whatever. We'll just hang out and be friends because when I was with them, per se, um, or when I was hooking up with them, like I made that friend group with her and whoever we were hanging out with, so I go still hang out with them but maybe me and her won't hook up anymore. But then I do have a certain few people that I will go hang out with them and hook up with them again, Mm. but then go do that with other people. I'm not you, but to me it sounds a little exhausting Mm. in the sense of like, it's just like a lot of things to deal with. Well, we don't, so it's not like we see each other on a day to day basis. Mm -hmm. and we're not doing things like all the time because they have their own lives and they're doing whatever um so if i want to hang out with them or if they want to hang out like we'll hit each other up but it'll be like maybe once a week maybe as per se is a good example 
um, because it doesn't happen like all the time. Um, if that kind of makes sense. Yeah, so that it's makes not, sense. It's not They're like pretty spaced. Out. I was gonna say it's not like I'm super overwhelmed because there's not. I'm not like sleeping with a lot of people by any means. Mm-hmm. Like this is not even like. Well, here let me think. As of right now, I feel like if I hit somebody up, there'd be two girls that I could go see that we could probably hook up if they wanted to. At an instant. At an instant. Basically. That we're still, like, together. Like, we still like each other. We're still good friends. But there's that added in as of if they want to hook up and we're down, then we will. And that's, like, two girls right now. Other than that there's just a few girls that I hang out with that aren't, that we just hang out. Mm -hmm. So it's not like there's seven, eight girls that I'm with that are like, Hey, let's go do this or let's go do this or let's go do this. So it's not overwhelming Mm -hmm. and I'm not, I haven't been with like a lot of people. Yeah. Um, because I mean, just me personally, I haven't really hooked up with too many people, but I have hooked up with enough people that I'm like, I have that, mm-hmm. if that kind of makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a whore, Bosh. I'm, that's not what I'm, I'm not getting a at. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a whore, you idiot. <laughs> Do you think that they're roughly doing the same thing you are? I would assume so. Okay. One girl that I used to hang out with definitely was. Mm-hmm. I knew that for a fact because I was with her one day. And the next day we had a party and she was with another guy. And I, like, physically saw that. And I was like, oh, right on. All right. <laughs> All right. Um, no shame, but. So, yeah. But then yet again, we both know that, like, we don't have, like, that exclusive. Monogamy. Re- yeah. Like, we're not in a relationship by any means. So Yeah. What do you, like, make of it as a whole? Like, do you have any thing to like philosoph philosophize off mm. it of just like in general like in the scope of for yourself or so for the your group as a whole as of right now like this was more prevalent as a thing first semester because when i got down here i was kind of hanging out with a lot more people and like sleeping around more mm-hmm. to say but this semester i really haven't been doing that all that much like i've just been like hanging out with people and like on more of a friend, friend level group yeah um so i i've kind of slowed down hooking up with people as per se so i'm not doing that as much so i feel like um i just like i'm getting that sense of being in a relationship but not i'm not in a relationship i'm just hanging out being with my friends having a good time mm-hmm. so i'm not really in a relationship at all which I'm not. Um, so I'm just being with my friends, hanging out, having a good time with different people, I would mm-hmm. say. Okay. And then what do you think of this whole situation? And you could think about last semester yourself because you were more mm-hmm. like this. But like just like in the context of the university as a whole, like how this little ecosystem kind of plays. And it's like a smaller ecosystem and the bigger ecosystem of our school or university. 
Um, Do you have any thoughts to that of like how that connects to everything else? I feel like as of a university as a whole, like um, not just specifically to CSU, but like I feel like that just happens in college where a lot of people are going away from home, you're going and living on your own, you're starting to actually like learn how to be by yourself and do things without your parents and you're getting your friend groups and all that stuff and you're probably hooking up with more people. Um, that's just kind of like the college lifestyle. So I feel like me coming in my first semester here, I kind of went, um, I'm not going to say I went crazy, but I feel like I definitely wasn't looking for a relationship at all mm -hmm. um, with anybody. I was just like, I'm sleeping with this girl, I'm moving on. Um, I did that at first semester, but now second semester, I'm not doing that. Um, I'll actually have like a connection with somebody um, and then I'll hook up with them possibly if that's what it leads into. Um, so I'm not really doing that anymore. Um, but I feel like that's kind of the whole overall feel and setting of college is that more people are coming and they're hooking up with other people. That's the experience people think of. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that not many men realize that experience though? Um, I feel like there is a big majority of men that don't yeah. get this. Um, whether that being for different factors, maybe you just don't know like how to talk to women and you don't know how to like actually try to initiate that, that you want to like hook up with somebody or maybe you don't find somebody that you're that physically attracted to or that maybe you don't connect with on whatever your standards are of trying to hook up with somebody. Um, I feel like there are, and there is a big percentage of men that don't do this in college. Um, so yes, probably. Cause I feel like you're closer to the ideal than most get mm -hmm. is a quick way to sum that up. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say when I got down here yet again, I was like, I didn't, go crazy by any means but like now i'm not hooking up with like a lot of people it's either i'm hooking up with a girl that i know and that i like and then that'll happen and then maybe i'm with that girl for a while and then we kind of go our separate ways and then maybe i'm with another person for a while um and this being like weekly maybe a month not that's kind of extreme as a month but maybe like a week or two that i'm with one person and then i'll go be with another person or whatever um but not necessarily when i'm with that person that we're hooking up yeah yeah so um but that leading into other men here i feel like they don't really have those opportunities or they're not searching in themselves to go out and seek those opportunities i would say or maybe that they just can't get those opportunities. Um, I don't. I don't know though. What is that like though? Can you like run through like a little story or, or connection of events of what it's like to I don't know be out. I feel like and find somebody and everything through. Um, that? it's more of this goes away from being in a relationship or whatever you're looking for, like as to just being social. Um, I know a lot of people's social life is lacking a lot. Um, but when I was here, like the first week that you get here, they have the RAM initiation thing for like a whole week before you even go to classes and they just put on a bunch of events. And I feel like 
there's a lot of people that don't really go to those or they go to those but they don't actively seek to have a conversation with somebody new they're just kind of off doing their own thing like i'm gonna go do this for a little bit just by myself and then i'm gonna go back to the dorm room or whatever but um when i was here i met one guy in my hall and me and him literally just went around to different groups of people at every event like we were out until it's four in the morning on the IM fields on like a Wednesday and we were just talking to different people because everybody's in the same boat when you come to college everybody's a freshman everybody I mean you could have a few friends that maybe you go to college with but everybody here doesn't know each other you're trying to get that friend group you're trying to meet new people and everything and it's just the act of actually going out and doing that because when I did that the majority of the people that I actually met and most of the girls that I actually met and like actually had maybe somewhat of a connection with were the people that I was actually going out and being like, Hey, like let's hook up or whatever. So I feel like just the whole overall, like going out and actually doing things, um, the whole, you need to get your social life. Like maybe you were kind of reserved in high school and maybe you don't know how I feel like, going into college it's a great thing to just go out and like step out of your comfort zone and going to meet new people and just being more social in general because I feel like that's a big part of why there's a lot of people here that aren't maybe having the experiences that I'm having um just because of that whole social factor um because maybe some people are just staying in their dorm rooms the whole time. They're just kind of doing their own thing. They're not actively trying to go out, meet new people, um, or doing all of the things that I've been doing. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying, like, model yourselves after me by any means, but um, the things that I've done have worked for me, and that's pretty much just going out, meeting new people, being social, and just, like, maybe stepping out of your comfort zone. I know it's not necessarily super hard for me because I feel like I'm a pretty outgoing person, but I still get nervous when I'm going to meet new people. Like, I don't know who this is. I don't know what they're like, whatever. But, like, you need to take that chance and take that risk of being like, hey, like, let's maybe go do something. Like, when you meet somebody and then once you meet those people, like when I met all those people the first week when I came down here, um, you need to have that, like, certain confidence in you that's saying, like, hey, I met you, we kind of connected a little bit, now let's build on this, like, let's go out to lunch, like, let's get lunch together, or maybe there's another event going on, like, let's me and you go to that event together and then kind of build off of it, I would say. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it's just a big whole social factor of why a lot of people aren't having this experience. Um, I can't say that for certain. That's just kind of my take on it and what I've kind of gathered. Um, but, yeah, I think just going out and actually doing those things of going to meet new people because if you're not meeting these people, how are you going to hook up with anybody if that's what you're looking <laughs> for? <laughs> Said like that, it's so straightforward because it's like, how are you going to be with another person if you don't meet people? Exactly. It's so straightforward when you think of it like that. I was going to say, I mean, it really isn't that much complicated than that because if you're not meeting people and you're not actively trying to 
meet new people be pretty much yeah then you're not going to have those opportunities that people that are actually going out and doing that are going to have mm-hmm. yeah 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 i remember when i was at my old community college cmc <laughs> it was one of the first i think lunches or dinners i had there and i had like no friends because it was just the start like you're saying and i was like i got my food and i was like okay there's open tables i could just sit at this table and i'll definitely just hunker down and be my little introverted self and i was like or i just walk up to people <laughs> and i think i didn't even walk up to some freshmen they were like at least sophomores or juniors in college so they are already not necessarily looking to meet people but i still didn't know that at the time walked up and was like is it cool if i sit here and they were like we live in such a nice society now that many very little say no you know so they were like yeah sat down i was talking to this dude and i think his friend who was actually a friend a chick came over and then i started talking to the girl and by just proximity i started talking to the girl and later we maybe found her dorm room but it was almost inadvertent you dog (laughs) but that's like it's funny how it just works like that you know yeah and it's hard it's it's not easy but at the same time like you're not going to meet people if you don't meet people that's very straightforward exactly but like inadvertently i went and talked to this dude and he actually had like a friend friend that was a girl and then boom girl on your lap and it's a little harder than that and you have to be and that's why it's good to be interesting and stuff like that so you have something to talk about Mm -hmm. with people and at the very least, if you're not interesting, just be curious and nice to people, you know, and be interested in them and kind of get an idea of what they're like. And if you're not interesting, you can at very least make them feel like they're interesting. Mm-hmm. And if you got nothing, then at least you make them feel like there's something around you. So even if you don't have a robust personality in life, you can still... it. Uh, it still suffices a lot of times to just be uh, a a person that listens is, listens is really big, you mm-hmm. know. For the people that are doing things, then they get to listen, have somebody to talk to, and almost tell their stories to. And they feel a little bit safer with you, and there's a relationship built on top of that. And there's some, and this is getting a little farther out now, but and there's some like merit to letting everybody else speak first because then you know where they're at and then they also feel heard so they feel safe with you but you haven't given anything away of what you're like you know Mm -hmm. and and speaking then to tie it back you might not have much substance to you at that point and that's okay but like you were able to get through a conversation not having any substance and still coming out with having a friend and somebody that felt secure talking with you just think about what it would be like once you work towards having some substance to you and you can be that securing force, but then also that force that has something to share with somebody as well. And then that's when you, you're you firing at like two cylinders at that point of many of having your looks in check and other different social features in check, you know, and then you're, you're hitting new top speeds at that point once mm-hmm. you're working that. Um, something that I want to add that you kind of made me think of uh, when you're actually going out and meeting people, um, this kind of ties back to um, kind of why people like aren't hooking up as much or whatever. 
here that some people aren't having those opportunities is that when you're actually going out and like socializing with people you've got to make friends with people first like it's not all about just going to hook up you don't just like go meet somebody and be like oh hey we had a connection let's hook up Mm -hmm. that's not how it works no and some people actually think that that's how it works um but they're just like oh well i'm gonna talk to this girl okay we kind of had a connection she wants to hook up with me and it's like that's not how it actually goes you actually need to learn about this person like mm-hmm. actually get to know this person invest a bit and then i was gonna say that can blossom into something more for yourself if that's what you want and that's what the other person wants but that's not always what happens um and i feel like that's a big reason why most people don't hook up a lot too is because they're like oh this is going to happen for me but they haven't actually made an effort to actually know this person they're just like oh well i went out and like put myself out there and i socialized with somebody but i didn't hook up and it's like that's not how it works um mm-hmm. so just kind of bringing that back into light yeah is and a little bit more feel a little bit robbed mm-hmm. when you don't like make a lot of those success stories of actually successfully navigating a conversation with somebody and then maybe on the tail end of it you figure out you guys are not compatible right and you did and the pessimistic look is well i wasted all that time but it's like no you got a little bit better at talking to somebody Mm -hmm. and you made it through the conversation at the very least and now you just need to do that with somebody that shares some of your values and then you're off to the races you know so and possibly not hooking up with somebody but hey you just made a new friend that you could have that's the thing for however long you want like new friend or somebody that links you to other people exactly that's the thing that nobody thinks about is you make that one friend like that friend you made at the ims and then you were going around meeting other people exactly like that was networking you to other people instantaneously and it was in a fashion where you're like hyper connecting with people Mm -hmm. you know but and same with me mine's a little bit of a more singular story but i met a dude and we were like talking and shooting the shit and then oh he has a chick that's a friend and you just network over Mm -hmm. you know and then we you actually click and even if i didn't click with her you just still be courteous and talk and respectful to them and then maybe she invites you to her room but more to meet her roommate and then boom you're at her you're meeting her roommate and then her roommate like it, you exactly it, it's almost like a fun adventure if yeah. you just like talk to somebody mm-hmm. and do well at it that'd almost be a, like a fun game to play is try to make a friend with somebody get them to get you somewhere social bounce to another friend and just see where the night would take you you exactly. know there's like a fun adventure there almost no that's um i definitely i have a personal story about that um, when we were on the im fields um i walked up to i think it was a group of like four or five girls um but i just walked up to them because i was going to meet everybody and um i walked up and we were having a big conversation about where they lived they were all from um texas florida i can't remember where it was um but they were like it was like 
they knew each other, but they didn't know each other because they were kind of from the same state, but they were kind of connecting. And they were like, oh, well, we're from here. And then we just kind of had that big conversation. I was like, well, I'm from the mountains. And they were asking me questions like, how is it up here? And I was like, oh, how is it down there? Blah, blah, blah. So we were just kind of like having that big conversation. And then they were like, oh, well, come over and meet our big friend group that we met in the halls. And I was like, okay. So then you just go over like Mm -hmm. that group that I was with. Then it brings you into a bigger group. You meet everybody there, and then it just kind of branches from there. Like, you just meet more and more people, and in meeting more and more people, you're just giving yourself that much more opportunity of finding somebody that you actually, like, want to be friends with or whatever. So you're just giving yourself that much more opportunity when you're going out. You're putting yourself out there to actually, like, do those things. Yeah. And if you even if you just take the one... And the one connects you to one, and the one connects you to one. Mm-hmm. Then you have three. Exactly. And it's like, and like you said, you connected with five, and five led to 20 or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. So things multiply very quickly if you just allow and it I to mean, take its course. That's definitely harder, as to say, in, like, different circumstances. But, like, in college, it's, it's, the so, time, it's dude. so easy to meet people. Like, you just go out. Like, you, you just put yourself out there, and you can meet so many new people. Because everybody's in the same boat as you. They're like, I mean, freshman year. No one knows anybody. Maybe some people know some people from a school or whatever, or maybe a distant friend or whatever. But everybody's in the same boat. Nobody knows each other. You're all trying to make friends. You're all trying to see who you connect with. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to just put yourself out there and, like, meet new people and be like, hey, like let's see where this goes whatever i mean it's so easy in college but that leads you into a different conversation of like how to meet other people out of college and blah 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 so yeah being graduated the freshmen get a lot of flack but that's one thing i do envy in a way where like everybody's there's like a feeling in the air i get like um because i still like climb here and stuff like that that's Mm -hmm. one of my affiliations and climbing is cool because it's different than the gym where everybody's like doing a same hobby like lifting weights but if nobody's very few are wearing earbuds so it gets very social a lot easier than gym does gym's like really isolating almost Mm -hmm. to almost a sad degree but that's a different story um but what's cool about the climbing wall is like very few people wear earbuds and then especially like i noticed this last year whenever it was the new semester coming around and i think i was graduated at that point but i was still climbing here and i could tell there was just a feeling in the air of like the freshmen that were in the area because so many people that you could tell were just getting to know each other and didn't really know each other but were attempting to it was just in the air and that's like such an easy train to ride off of you know (laughs) <laughs> and like people would talk to me and I would surprise them when I was like, Oh, I'm graduated when they were like, Oh, what are you studying? You're a freshman. And I was like, no, not, not really, but it's nice to meet you and everything like that. Like you can almost just ride it off in there. And I wish that was, it's so cool to experience because it's, I guess it's pretty rare, you know, and you don't get that amount of like friendliness. It just from normal works of life, you know, it's really cool. And you, you just, yeah, it's just this feeling in the air. And you don't have that uh, wall of like an earbud because I feel like gym culture would get this as well if that wasn't the case of like people. And because you're in, and that's the thing is like when you're doing things that you like to do, 
then you find other people that at least have one of your similar values, you know, and like climbing types have similar proclivities like hiking or environmental studies is a big one and stuff like that, you know. So generally there's a good web that appears off of that by putting yourself in a place that you already want to be in personally. And that goes back onto having your own life in order of like what you like and what feeds you. But then you can meet people there that um, share those values because they're, if you guys are occupying the same space, then there's something that means that that's not um, random. There's a, there's a reason behind that. And that, and that's, if it's a climbing wall, that's because you both kind of value that sport a little bit question for you um and you can answer this kind of however you want but like as your friend group that you made here in college um do you still like have that big friend group or like more of an isolated friend group from college that you have and then second kind of part of the question is kind of how different is it as of meeting new people away from being in college and now you're graduated and then just kind of like walk me through how you actually go out and meet new people now opposed mm -hmm. to of being in college so for the first question um when i came well it's it can get a little more complex which might be interesting when i was at cmc i made like a few different friend groups None of those really stuck together because they, I guess, were just more temporary of a temporary variety and everybody kind of splintered off. Um, there's still people from there that I um, keep in contact with. And it's more just of nature of not being in the same geographic location that we don't connect as much as I would like. But if they're in the same area, I would invite them to everything I do, you know, so it's more now because we've moved away to different things that's the case and then now getting the csu my first <clears throat> semester being in the dorms um i was in alpine as you know and um me and my roommate started making friends with everybody in our hall which made it super fun because it was easy to go to the dining hall and get food together and then basically like party at our place in our room and you could get very sloshed and just have a five minute walk to your room like some people were just a couple doors down from me um so that was very fun and very easy i i do uh look back at those times really nicely because it was so easy like a five minute ten minute walk to class five minute walk to food five second walk to your friend's door if it wasn't your roommate it was somebody else in the hall that we all knew and we still have that group chat the Rams of Anarchy group chat is what it's called. And um, it's now like Rams COVID part two or something like mm -hmm. that. It's changed, but it's been the same group. Um, <clears throat> from the original original, I'd say at least like 40% have just like dropped off and stopped talking to us. But then like others have come in. So almost it, the amount has maybe even gotten bigger, but a couple have subbed out. But And then some have stayed. And now I've known those people for like three years, which is really cool. Like that building relationship, like we've talked about. Um, and it's like, it's weird because I didn't think I would have this, but it's actually like a friend group that at least once a month we still get together and have parties. 
which is a pretty solid number at least that and it's especially for like birthdays because a lot of them are turning 21 these days and stuff like that i think we have one that's underage now in the group chat you know so stuff like that um og og members are very sparse now <laughs> but we've kind of gotten new ones in that have subbed in for better or for worse some of them i kind of miss that have dropped off you know i really like those originals but the new ones i, I like as well it's hard to put value on people like that but um, the other thing, though, is, like, I graduated a year early, but I've always had this, um, I guess, like, older temperament where I never fully identified with my age, and it was usually somebody three to four years older than me I, like, looked up to but couldn't easily buddy-buddy up with, you know? Mm -hmm. So graduating was no difference to that. But now, like, my friends that are still in college, I'm, like, ahead, ahead. Like, ahead academically, technically. And then mentally, like, where I want my headspace and life to be set up is a little different. And that's made it tough. That's been a big constraint lately, actually, that I've been trying to work out is, like, I don't find a lot of fun in going out to the bars, and a lot of my friends are turning 21, and that's definitely what you should do when you turn 21 because you just got the ability to legally drink, you know. But I, I like, don't get a lot of enjoyment out of that. The, mo the majority of the enjoyment is now I'm with people that I enjoy, but the actual act isn't there, and that's a real tough one, you know, tough sell sometimes for me. And, they, and I, like, I like to go to bed early, and that doesn't really align with them. So it's cool that this friend group has stayed this long, but more and more things aren't aligning well you know and i know it's helpful that we're all in the same geographic location and eventually i feel like people are going to move and move on with their lives because i don't think they'll all stay in this town and mm -hmm. I, I probably won't at a certain point you know so that'll probably split us up but it's still nice to maintain those things and you never know when somebody's going to move or what they have going on in their social life so it's nice to have as many people as you can manage for then when somebody drops off. You can still be long-distance friends with them, but you're still not going to get that in-person intimacy as just a friend you're going to have. There's going to be drop-off and splinters, you know. So trying to maintain that is good. Um, and I've been more like wanting to lean into these – this is – recording at night but more daytime conversations one-on-one -on -one about serious topics with people so that's why i really enjoy this stuff is because it more aligns with what i want to do and i've now found more like friends currently like currently where i'm at is like i'm trying to maintain these groups that i've made but currently i've made a lot of singular friends that i'm trying to keep relationships with which is like sort of connected to like having multiple girlfriends in a sense because like there's a juggling aspect where you can't just plan one event and be able to socialize with all of them because for one they don't know each other and two it, it, it wouldn't be the same it'd be kind of weird and stuff like that so it's been a, a little bit I'm not, I don't want to say hard but it's been different to maintain where instead it's a lot of one on one times with people which is what I like and that's why these things flourish really well 
Um, it's just different. It, it, and I won't, it's not good or bad. It's good in the sense that I'm doing my best to lean into what I like, you know, but that is kind of tearing me a little bit away from those older friends. And I've been trying to balance that like last week, like, and I don't do well with like short notice text. So like the day of they're like, Oh, taco party at this person's house. I was like, I just worked a 10 hour shift and I have another shift the next day. And I would like to get a good hour's sleep. So I just drove straight there and spent like 20 minutes there. Didn't have any food and then left. Mm -hmm. And that felt like the best I could manage. But I spent 20 minutes with them, you know. But I I guess like I made the effort and showed my face. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like the other people that have dropped off where they just kind of like ghost in a sense. So that was like, I think I made the best decision for that particular issue. But it's been that's been a tough balance to find, and now I've had a lot of these info. And then like, what I like to do is change. Like, I've talked about some of those things, but then like climbing, I've been making a lot of friends at the climbing gym, which has been nice. And if anything, that would be the next group I would almost hop to if one formed. Um, and that's just out of sheer like, I put myself in this space every time. So now, um. I just inadvertently bump into these people. Like I don't even have some of them. I don't even have their contact at all, but now I see them so much in the gym that we're have friendships, you know? And so that's kind of changed. And if I was able to build out a group of like people that enjoyed going out and climbing, I could see that being my new almost main group because instead of our main get togethers being staying up late and drinking, it would be, finding a good, good time to climb, which would more align with now I'm at. So it's been a, a slow shift. It's just been different, not good or bad necessarily. It's been, but it's been a tough dance with like managing my new values with old friends, with everybody having differing situations and values. You know, that, that whole dynamic is very complicated and yeah, I think that did I answer both questions? Mm-hmm. I think that answered first. What was the second one? Do you remember? Uh, the first one was just like friend groups, kind of how it translated from going to <laughs> <laughs> going uh, from college um, and then you graduating, and then mm-hmm. the second part was like just meeting new people, like kind of how like the different dynamic is as of opposed to like you're around people quite a bit here as of mm-hmm. you're in classes and you're going to different mm. events and all that yeah. stuff. So kind of like how that has changed. It's more intentional now mm-hmm. as well. I've had to put a lot more intention to it, but that hasn't been, let's say like, like a job in a sense, because it's like, it's kind of fun to connect. Like I'm already going climbing. And so just meeting those people makes it easy to have friends there now. But then it's there's more intention now with like the few friends from that older friend group that I want like very strong ties with. You have to make space for because maybe those group events, there's not a lot of space for, but still trying to make those direct ties space for that, you know. So there's a lot of like solo ties I'm trying to make space for now being out of college and... I think it's a little bit helpful that I'm still coming to campus 
sometimes to meet people, mm-hmm. but then also to climb and lift. So I still get a little bit of that interaction and can meet people, especially on the climbing wall is really where that takes place. Um, and so that helps, but yeah. And it, and I guess another like aspect to it is I don't, there's like, mm, I have a hard time relating to some of my coworkers, I think is the best way to say that. And that's where like, I spend 40 hours of my week there, you know? And so some of them, I really like my boss, she climbs. So we like connect on that well, and we've gone climbing and stuff like that. So that's been a very good and helpful, um, like a solid friendship, honestly. And um, other coworkers, I just, it's a little bit harder to relate. I'm the youngest in our, uh, in our department by kind of a large margin to some of them, you know. So there's just like a slight generational difference maybe and other things at play. So, and that's the thing, that's something I never realized until I worked like a really, like an actual office 40 hour a week job. It's like, it, it would be rough if I didn't have anything in common with all of them in my department. That'd be really hard. Thankfully, there's a, I, I make connections fairly often, you know. That'd be very hard and add to that, like, 9 to 5 grind that's tough. And then at the same time, because in a sense, like, just by proximity, they are your friends in the sense that, because you're spending so much time with them, they get to know you and you get to know them, even if you don't like it (laughs) in a certain (laughs) sense, you know? Um, And that was like a, like a mental shift for me in a little bit, because I guess a lot of my jobs were like previously more like independent in a sense where like you didn't, they weren't office um, centric, you could say. So you didn't have that office setting and, where you have to go in and clock and you're seeing these same people every day, whether you like it or not, because they're just in the same department in proximity. So that's interesting as well. And that takes up like 40 hours of my week, which is different. And then, yeah. And then you have like climbing, which I'm making good friends there, which is different. And then the free time where I try to have as many of these one-on-ones as I can because the group was easy because, you know, you knock out possibly 10 interactions with a good friend group. And then that you wouldn't even have a day for each person to spend a time with, you know, if you did that one on one wise. So it's a little bit harder. But then one on ones are more meaningful, you know, so that will balance out in the end a little bit. So it's 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 just different. Yeah. Interesting takes from Bosch. <laughs> I don't hate my coworkers. <laughs> I don't want that to come across. I think we just have differing values sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like I had a question for you halfway through what you were telling me. Mm. I think I forgot. Oh, <laughs> buddy. Sorry. I know I'm pretty, pretty um uh, lit right now, dude. You've been drinking heavily. Oh, his tea over here, green tea. Green Arizona green tea, everybody. That, uh, Sponsor today. Um, <laughs> that a uh, porn robot hit me up again today. Really? Yeah. About she, your um, you got that gorilla grip. You got that gorilla grip, girl. She's very thirsty. I'm gonna hit a quick. What'd she say? Quick little, just hey, 
Hey. I'm gonna hit a quick little pause on the pause button and go pee. Okay. Rolling. And we're back. <laughs> <laughs> you always gotta say that every time. Like, I think you say that every time we hop on. I think that's gonna be my thing. And anytime, we're back. Anytime you start or if we pause or anything, you're just gonna be like, and we're back. <clears throat> I've been thinking about catchphrases. I'm trying to have one. Wubba lubba dub dub. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> already claimed. Ready? Ready, Jesse? Gator socks. Alligator. Oh, just for the record, as I went to the bathroom, somebody you wore put those up, socks two days in a row. Just yesterday and today. I've only seen you for yesterday and today. That's what I mean. You wore those socks two days in a row. I guess so. Interesting. I'm gross though. Did you like? Let me tell you something. Hang on. Grosser. Hang on. Hang on. <laughs> I don't like this. this is going to be recorded. But. Question. When you got home and you went to bed, did you just keep them on the whole time, or did you take them off and then proceed to put them back on in the well, morning? So I got in the bed, uh huh, with or without the socks, with the socks on. Okay, and then I had the little sheet over my feet. Okay, and then I was pulling them up and then pulling the sheet down and having the gators look at me. And I was playing peekaboo with them. I was like, ah, okay, oh, yeah. gator. <laughs> Alligator. <laughs> Alligator. <laughs> and then I took him off and went to bed. And then in the morning, I woke up and your mom was there. Well, other than that. Yeah. Yeah, she's my body pillow. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Love you, Jesse, mom. <laughs> Getting back to what I was trying to say. No, no. I, on you my need ba- to finish the story. On my no, bathroom. No, no. What, what no. story? In the morning after you took the socks off. I woke up and put them back on. Oh, my God. <laughs> is that what you want from me? Yeah. <laughs> Why is that such a big deal? I always assumed that people changed their socks. Every day? Every day. I change my socks every day. Do you change your underwear every day? Yes, I change my underwear every day. Every day? Every day. Oh. Well, unless I run out of laundry, then I'm like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Really? Underwear is every shower. You don't shower every day? If not every day, there might be one space in it. Okay. I definitely shower after every time I work out, which is almost every day. Well, when I'm away from, like, when I'm, like, working out, like, if I'm at a gym or something different, and I shower, I'll put on the same pair of underwear if I don't have a new pair. After the shower? Yeah. Now, that's disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) You're looking at me like I'm crazy. (laughs) All right, put it in the no, comments. No, 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 no. Grosser. Okay. <laughs> Let me finish this put one part. When comments. I went to go pee, somebody put a whole roll of toilet paper in the urinal. Oh, And yeah. then shit in the center of it. Oh, there was... Oh! <laughs> I didn't see that. <laughs> that's like... Hang on. That's like Hang next on. level, dude. I'm lying. What? That's like next level. Is yeah. it still there? Can I go look at it no, really quick? No, we're rolling. I want to look at it. You can look, look at it after. I'll look at it when we're back. Okay. It's not going anywhere. Also, follow-up question. In what order do you get dressed out of the shower? I get out. Underwear. Mm-hmm. It depends on if I have socks at hand, but usually socks aren't first. Socks are usually last. And then pants. Underwear, pants, shirt. Yeah. Socks. Okay. 
Sorry, I just Usually. saw. I saw something on Instagram a while ago. Somebody and he asked said, him that question. Yeah, he said he got dressed socks first, and I was like, "What the fuck? Socks first? <laughs> yeah, socks that's, that's first. strange. <laughs> that's strange." Anyways, you could go shirt first, and be mm. a little poo bear. Do you know what I'm saying? What I'm referencing? Yeah, Winnie the Pooh. Cute little Winnie Pooh bear. Yeah. <laughs> I do that sometimes when I'm getting in the shower, when I take stuff off. I'll just take everything off below me, and then I'll take my shirt off. Hmm. Did you have a question for me before we had an intermission? You're blinking hard. All right. That's uh, The first portion of this, guys, was going to be about dating. Jesse has more about this abs discussion. We oh, yes. constantly keep going on. I hope that dating stuff, just to wrap up, was somewhat enlightening. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying we got it right at all, but it's just um, trying to figure things out, I mm-hmm. guess. Um, I would love to have somebody that had a differing opinion of me on the study, I guess, I proposed or anything that we said. Um, definitely not against the hearing other sides and other opinions out, just to get that out there. And, um, yeah, now we're going to talk about abdominals for a bit. Um, Go hit it, Jesse. Just to add on to that a little bit. I would love to have differing viewpoints just to see how other people like view like what's going on because like me personally um, for the like fraternity complex or whatever, like the culture, I feel like that's a lot different than other um, methods or kind of ways that people go about doing things. So I would love to like actually hear about some other ways of like even get a sorority girl on yeah like hear about different ways of how different people like go about doing that stuff so yeah Mm -hmm. moving on to abs and i'm (laughs) also going to tell you that i'm going to have another discussion with my professor on friday so this is not the end of the abs (laughs) discussion (laughs) and you'll see why i wish we recorded this but last night we had a little bit of a talk about more of this and Almost are leaning kind of towards the targeting spot. But I think you have more to add now. More to add. I'm going to let you go. Okay. So what we kind of said last time, we said it was kind of both of us were right. Both of us were kind of wrong at the same time. But um, what I've kind of concluded now is that um, you are more right and I am kind of off a little bit. And I say this because... Um, in going through um, this course, I forgot one key aspect of how muscles actually work. And when muscles contract, the origin and insertion of the muscle both pull towards the center with the same amount of force, no matter what. So being that as what I've just said, as core being a whole muscle, you can only work out that one range of motion and no matter what exercise you're doing, it's gonna hit the whole core because the insertion is going to pull the exact same hardness or with the exact same force as the insertion part. So you're gonna get that whole range of motion working out that whole muscle. And I kind of overlooked that fact, um, but I saw in my lab manual when we were going over it because we're getting close to finals, Um, I read about that again and I was like, oh, I totally overlooked this. So now I'm thinking, and I also had a conversation with my professor after class today about this. I was like, what if we add this aspect in? And she was like, yes. Um, 
it's you can only hit this muscle doing this range of motion because it's just flexion um and you can't technically work out different portions of your core um because the insertion is going to pull just as hard as the um origin and that's your whole muscle right there um and she talked to me about how the only way that you could actually kind of work it out is with different muscles um kind of as in like when you're doing a whole sit-up um they kind of debunked that sit-ups are better core workout than crunches um is what it used to be but it's scientifically proven that crunches are the actual core workout muscle and sit-ups are working out more hip flexors Mm. and core at the same time because you're going past that range of motion of flexion and then incorporating other muscles into that um so we kind of talked about that a little bit but then after i had that conversation i forgot to ask her about more of the anatomy of the rectus abdominis is what we're talking about hip flexors are a big problem in targeting abs in general yes they just are. as a little rule mm-hmm. um, i've noticed that and it's like constantly trying to do different ab exercises hip flexors always get in the way anyways it's, mostly because anytime you're doing a core workout you're incorporating hip flexors because either you're moving your legs like toe to bar like the workout you're usually doing mm-hmm. that's a lot of hip flexor motion even though you're working out core muscles there's mm-hmm. a lot of hip flexor that you're still working out in that yeah um but i forgot to ask my professor about this um as of the origin and insertion are both pulling with the same force um how does that work because the way that the muscle is because with your six pack or your eight pack what you usually have is you've got that muscle and then you've got that tendon in between and then you Mm -hmm. have the next muscle then tendon muscle tendon so i need to ask her about the anatomy of it as to where can you work out just the top muscles origin and insertion or is it the whole muscle again in general because you have individual muscles in your rectus abdominis so in doing a crunch are you specializing in just the upper rectus abdominis muscles when their origin insertion and then still incorporating the rest of it because you're still doing that flexion motion and you're still hitting that whole muscle but is it specialized in a crunch for the upper muscles and then with leg lifts to lower muscles because of the anatomy of your rectus abdominis and i forgot to ask her about that because i do not know we will get you back on so, gosh, this is like part three, dude. <laughs> I was going to say the next podcast, I will have another answer for that. Fuck. But as of right now, it's more leaning towards you were right Not and targeting. I was wrong because you can only do certain flexion and origin insertion is going to pull with the same intensity, same force. So it doesn't matter because if you're doing a crunch, your origin isn't going to be pulling harder than your insertion, which is lower, meaning you can't target the upper portion. Isn't it crazy how much time we've spent on this one? Just on this. And uh, this is something I'm cutting. I'm going to cut up, and we're going to have, like, four parts, <laughs> yeah. too, by the way. So stay tuned, I guess, guys. Um, <laughs> the, like, four my, people that my have My professor really likes this topic. I talked about her. I talked about it again today when I asked her, and she was like, I really love these questions. And I was <laughs> like, I know. We're really getting into um, it. And I asked her 
I didn't have time to ask her today, but when I go back on Friday, um, I'm going to ask her and see if she wants to be on. Hell if yeah, I can dude. get her on in the summer or something Sick. like that. So That's awesome. I'll ask her. Um, hopefully she will because then you can have more in-depth conversations of like working out Anything. and muscles and all that fun stuff. Yeah. So, and she knows so much more than I do. <laughs> so. Man. Yeah. Alrighty. We'll have a part four. Is it four or five? It's three or four, I think. Three or four. Well, this one was. Because last night's three. wasn't recorded. But this is still, that was still technically part three. Okay. Whatever it is. We'll, so we'll, I'll get the parts together once Part four next time we do a podcast. <laughs> Jesus. Um, I thought I had a question for you. So whoever's listening. The four to people that the have whole stayed this thing, long. I really hope you're finding this whole core example. Like just talk about core muscle in general. I hope you're finding this fascinating because I'm really enjoying this. I'm having fun. Like, learning about it. Like, actually trying to dig deep into Mm -hmm. it. And my professor, too, she's like, I love questions like this because, like, core is a special muscle because it doesn't really, I mean, it does work like other muscles, but just because of how it's made and the location of it, it's just different. Different, yeah. So she, she loves all the questions that I come and ask her, like, before or after class i'm like hey another ab question she was like all right <laughs> i'm ready let's so, go i have yeah. a tangent now okay about i've been well because like somewhat through this i'm trying to be a good interviewer right and so i think i've found two people to look up to that are differing which is good to have which is joe rogan and then nardwar Mm, I haven't heard of the second. You don't know Nardwar? He's a big interviewer. He he has like clips on YouTube where he'll he interviews a lot of rappers and he'll have a microphone ready to go in their face and just say like one phrase and it he does his research so well that it's like a friend they had for like years in middle school and then they like separated and like it's just like hyper specific and it's like such a good reference to their past that they usually like freak out like Mm. there's like compilation clips of like artists freaking out of like how does this dude know that like he's very well researched okay and then so he's really good at like separating himself from the interviewers i think one thing he does and then um just letting them shine with their story and letting them talk like is there's very little information on his actual personal life because he doesn't give a lot of interviews but he's really good at interviewing so you have that and then you just have, like, the casual ability of Joe Rogan to do, like, five hours with somebody one time. <laughs> or, like, like on average, like, two hours with most people, which is a good amount for somebody. I don't know how long he knows some of these people, but very li- – like, he's interviewed so many people that's hard to know everybody so well. But he can still maintain a good conversation. And also, like, what I'm learning and what's a difficulty is I have lived less – long as him so I have less experiences so there's less of a I haven't lived as long as he has so I've had less experiences is what I'm trying to say and so there's like less lived less long than him (laughs) sorry I really (laughs) fucked that up but there's less um stories I guess that can that have nuance in them that I can draw off of and so I think like trying to perfect his ability to have a good casual conversation with somebody for a, a length that has a lot of um meaning to it and then the, I think what I can fall back on is a Nardwar's ability to set myself from the 
from the conversation and let the interviewer interviewee really shine through and tell their story is something I was trying to put together today. Okay. So kind of like a recap is research heavy, know your interviewee pretty much delivery as to get a good question in, but then let your interviewee elaborate and tell their story and then pretty much just duration i yeah, would say that's a pretty good yeah okay yeah because i think like over drawn out you really see like if the person's actually real and stuff like that so mm-hmm. that's really good for like long conversations to know about this person and then yeah do your research if you can where like it's a little different with our conversations because we've known each other for a while mm-hmm. but like new people i'm going to have on and it's tough when it's like you're just dealing with somebody you recently met and they don't have like an extensive bio on Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. So the research will look a little different, but also like it's like research, but then also like being curious and just trying to get the person's story. Mm-hmm. And even if you don't have the, the person's past to come off of, you can still like prod of questions of like, what was that like? Like digging deep. So that's something I want to work on and get better at and be a, be a better interviewer because that's kind of what this is where I don't sometimes I go on these long tangents and rants and hopefully they mean something but at the same time depending on who I'm talking to like us I know more of your backstory so there's more of a back and forth of you riff than I riff mm-hmm. but then with somebody I'm more interviewing like it's better for me to just let them speak and I get an idea of who they are and stuff like that mm-hmm. like when I was interviewing Sham the guy you met last night it was more of letting him talk because I don't know his story mm-hmm. and to let it come through and i've learned that i was um going mm-hmm, mm-hmm, a lot on the mic mm. when i can do that often i might do that a lot that's which is okay <laughs> but like it just like lets a more clear sound kind of poke through is what i i learned which is just like little things i never noticed that you kind of pick up on when you're doing these things because like I, i'm a very active listener i'm usually shaking a lot and going mm-hmm or yes or a lot or often and um so having to take the mic out of my mouth and shut the fuck up is um, <laughs> really important <laughs> um Ugh. but i think we should wrap this up if you got anything you want to add um i don't think so i think we hit pretty much all the good talking points that i wanted to about the relationship stuff so as of time of this being recorded next week is finals week for good old jesse boy so put him in your prayers let's go what that sadly also means is that we're going to try to get one more podcast in next monday and then roughly around that following tuesday wednesday he's gonna move back home for the summer and so he won't be consistently on sadly and he will be a missed part he'll probably come down and we might have a very special fun podcast later planned but he won't be on sadly as much we'll have a little less ab talk than we might need (laughs) but um put some thoughts and prayers out there for the finals week and uh we'll wrap up with the last question i guess a question a question i forget what this one was we're getting to we're we filled page one noise which is cool Oh no. She forgot to write it down. <laughs> nice. What did she ask? Call her. 
I might call her. Let's actually. go. <laughs> All right, this is live. Okay. Um, do you want Jesse, fill the space. Just to fill in, um, I will be doing finals, so it's gonna kind of suck. I'm taking. Um, BMS. Slow down, ladies. Let them study. <laughs> Let them study. <laughs> I'm taking my BMS 300 final. I don't know. It's um, human physiology, the gross human physiology class. I don't know if most people have same class kind of like that, but it is very, very complex, and it has a lot of material. So um, it's a pretty pretty hard course. Girthy. Um, yeah. I will be taking that on Monday. So wish me the best of luck. Um, Do you have any announcements? Announcements. Oh, um, Mother's Day is coming up very quickly, so don't forget to wish your mothers a happy Mother's Day. Get her a card, get her some flowers, chocolates, if that's what she likes. Don't forget. All right. Ashlyn did not pick up. Damn it. So I'm just going to result to the previous question before that she already answered, but just to have something to roll. So... If money was not an issue, where would you go in the world to travel? If money wasn't an issue. Hmm. If money wasn't an issue to travel as of like sightseeing or like anything. Anything. Go anywhere in the world, basically. Anywhere in the world. Where would you want to visit? Um, Oak Creek, Colorado. Oak Creek, Colorado. <laughs> No, I think this one, uh, I'm going to add a little personal touch on this one. Um, my dad has always wanted to go to Iceland and hunt muskox before, so mm. if money wasn't an issue, I feel like I would take him up there so he could do his muskox hunt. Um, he's always talked about doing that, but we've never done that, so if money was not an issue, I feel like I would do that. You'd take him up and hunt? Mm-hmm. Nice. Up in where? Iceland. Iceland, Iceland. or Greenland. I can't remember which one it is. <laughs> well, you might have two trips if you get the first one. Well, it's, it's weird <laughs> because isn't Greenland is icy and Iceland is green, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, do with that information what you will. <laughs> I like that. Nice. All right. Do you have a question? Um, a question for the next guest. Yeah. I don't know how we'll do this. We might hit them with two, but we'll get your question in. Mm. I want to think of a good one. Anything you want, baby. I went through, just for the record, I went through five toothpicks in the taping of this episode. He did. He's just, <laughs> just chomping on some toothpicks. Chomping on these things. <laughs> and an apple. <laughs> Hope that didn't show through on the recording. Anyways. On a side thought, I'm trying to figure out how to do these questions a little bit better. So that people, we don't have this dead space, maybe. And people are more prepared for their question. Uh, maybe you could let them know about the question at the beginning of the podcast. So it may be some time a good idea. where, I mean, they, they, they could maybe think about it. But it marinates in their brain yeah, a bit. Maybe yeah. if they think of something through the podcast. Um, yeah. That might help. Um, I could think of a stupid question, but I want I want like a a legitimate good question, because the first one that I asked was dumb. <laughs> Wait, yeah, I have the <laughs> record. You can ask whatever you want. What's on your mind right now? What's on my mind? What what what's a? Well, finals is on my mind. But what's a question you have? Mm. 
You asked last time, do you enjoy ice cream more in the winter or in the summer? <laughs> Explain your reasonings. I mean, it's a good question, it's but it's not the best. It's not deep, but... <laughs> so, I feel like you're thinking too hard on this. I'm trying to get, like, a good... And you'll be on multiple times. Like solid You're going to be on in the future, so if you ever come up with something fun, just save it for the next cast. I know this um, audio is invigorating for everybody <laughs> listening right now. You can really hear the gears in my head turning. Yeah, you can hear the steam shooting out of his ears right now. <laughs> Favorite type of fish? Like, That's a dumb question. <laughs> Salmon. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, have you tried swordfish? Dude, you're putting me on tangents. Have you tried swordfish I have before? not. It's good. Abortion is a big issue right now, dude. Everybody's popping off on social media. Anyways. All right. Well, I was checking Just Instagram. Just spitball some random things, and maybe I'll think of a question. Is, a, is, <laughs> is abortion legal? <laughs> not that one. Like it <laughs> political. I don't know what you want from me, dude. Just say some like, random stuff. It'll help me think. Apples and bananas. Water bottle in my butt. <laughs> that doesn't help. <laughs> Vending machine transformers. A tampon that is also a remote control. For sale signs. That also do your taxes? <laughs> I could do this all day. Keep going. Tie-dye shirts of one color. <laughs> Don't, what? <laughs> Mops. I'm cracking my own self up. I'm probably the only one listening and laughing at this right now. Jesse, Jesse. I'm just struggling you're, so hard. You're really <laughs> choking right here, dude. How long have we been recording? I don't want to say. Tell me. Four hours. Are you serious? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Gave you shit last time you recorded for four hours. <laughs> A roller rink. That also does hand massages. I'm just thinking of stupid inventions at this point. I'm trying to think of a would you rather question, Jesus but none are coming Christ. to mind. <laughs> I got to figure out a better way to do these questions because this is. No, that's a dumb question. It can be dumb. I this doesn't have a to dumb be. question. Think about a good question and bring it on the cast Monday. That doesn't count. Maybe you're just dull. Maybe you're just a sad, sad, boring person inside that can't come up with anything creative in his life. You ever think about that? That hurts. <laughs> that hurts so, you have, so bad. Your life has been robbed of spontaneity, and you're basically a 42-year-old virgin inside of your young body that has no future in front of itself because it's already given up on creativity and the fact of magic in itself 
That's why. <laughs> You're not going to figure out a question. And we're going to run out of batteries before you... No, it's plugged in. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, I listen. I unplugged it. <laughs> now we wait. <laughs> <laughs> now we wait a whole four hours for it to die. <laughs> that's true. Um, I could give you eight hours and you won't come up with a question. <laughs> I could come up with a question right now. It'd just be dumb. Give me a question. Is Harambe still alive? What's no. the likelihood that... Poor Hudge. Who's more likely alive, Harambe or Tupac? That's a good question. Mm, Tupac. Yeah? Mm-hmm. You think Harambe's dead dead? Yeah. No, well... <clears throat> I think he got wrongfully executed. <laughs> I think the parents should have got executed. That's what Damn. I think on the topic. That's a hot take. That's my question. Do you think... <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to formulate this in a question. Do you think that Harambe should have been killed or the parents should have been killed because of what happened in that tragic day of the child falling into the gorilla pit? And, yeah. Thank you. Have a good night, everybody.